Agenda 21 is dependent on the Hegelian dialectic, and that says that a crisis is created and a solution is posed, and the balance between the two then becomes the new normal. And the balance between the two then becomes the new normal, which is something that you never would have accepted. But now that there's a crisis, then you are forced or pressured to accept this new, this new solution. Now imagine a world where mass outbreaks of deadly diseases are commonplace. Well, it sounds scary, but that might not be too far off. The World Health Organization has warned in a BBC interview that we're entering a new phase where such a reality is, quote, a new normal. As the coronavirus pandemic brings life across the country to a grinding halt, Americans are facing a new normal. It is a new normal that we all have to get used to. I know a big question, Tom, from a lot of New Yorkers. When might we ever get back to normal? Uh, the mm -hmm. governor talked today about working toward a new normal. So we're going to a different place, which is a new normal. So, Bill, you know, here we are. Um, many people are aware that, that you warned of this in the New England Journal of Medicine and, and during a TED Talk just a couple of years back. So what do we need to do uh, right now in order to reopen the country to get back to, you know, some sort of normalcy and, and sort of set a new normal, whatever the new normal is? Well, I, I will say it's three phases. The acute phase we're in now, the semi-normal phase until we get a vaccine, and the semi-normal phase until we get a vaccine, and then the truly normal phase after the vaccine has protected all of us. Agenda 21 is dependent on the Hegelian dialectic, and that says that a crisis is created and a solution is posed, and the balance between the two then becomes the new normal. That if we don't get one disease under control, you may find legislative bodies taking whole classes of people based upon propensity of conduct. Well, to say, we're going to put you in a certain category. We're going to demand mandatory testing for you. We will not be ever having to go back to pre-COVID levels. We're always going to have to be mindful that COVID exists. We're going to have to engage with booster shots. We're going to have to engage with advice from time to time when we see outbreaks. We're going to have to respond. So it's, it's not going to go back to normal. We can't deny that we're going to have to live with COVID. Um, but having those very high vaccination levels will allow us to have more minimal restrictions or more minimal um, public health measures in place as we, as we navigate the future years with COVID. Welcome to The Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Sunday, March 20th, 2022. Very frustrating start today for those that were watching the time difference here. I was planning to start at 2 o'clock, actually a lot earlier than that. And there were some interesting issues that forced me to stop and drive all the way to my office. And even here, there's bottom line is... It's very unnerving to see how this continues to broaden out. And it could just be glitches over and over and over, as I always say. It's always possible. But I believe that we are going into a world of technocratic-type censorship that is increasing aggressively. And they're telling you. I'll give you examples today of how they're telling you that's what's happening. But whether or not 
you can be throttled or internet services be removed or these kind of ideas, we should be asking. And I think we know that's possible. But we should ask whether that's happening in real time. So when I leave, I check with my neighbor as I tend to do, and it turns out that everything's working fine over there. So for whatever reason, this is just completely bottoms out where I am. Despite, you know, I could go off on this forever. We're going to start with a little point of censorship again that I already had planned. But today's focus will be on COVID-19. A couple quick points in the beginning that tie into the larger point about the COVID discussion that starts with Ukraine. But it's an I think we really need to, to address and acknowledge the fact that there is an obvious crossover. That doesn't have to mean that they're one and the same. And that very seems, almost seems likely today. But the Ukraine discussion and what's happening there potentially could have been a I, like, here's the thought that I had today. Remember the bio, bio the bio lab, or let's just say the, the, the lab leak theory, as they've come to call it, how that was very real. And people like us have talked about from the very beginning, long before COVID ever started, discussing how that's a problem, Fort Detrick and everything else. And then when that first started with COVID and everything, it was a real big focus for us and a lot of other independent journalists going, well, this is interesting. Look at the weird vaping illness that was right around these areas. Look at these weird, you know, common cold issues that killed all these people in the nursing homes right before it happened, but it wasn't the common cold. And whether that was something that happened before. And my point is that got censored, just, just you know, suppressed and your fake news conspiracy theory. And then we all laughed about how suddenly the lab leak theory just became valid all of a sudden because they decided to make it valid, even though it was a limited hangout in and of itself, because it's not an accidental leak if you're making bioweapons. Even if it is a leak, it's not a lab leak. It's an actual, it, there's more to that conversation. But then it became normal. And then it got kind of put down again, and now there's more discussions about it. But now, now it's coming up in regard to Ukraine. But now that's fake news, even though it's very clearly not. Tomorrow, or when, if I believe it'll be tomorrow, when I do my next show and I'll be able to have a larger focus on Ukraine, I'm going to go over a really great video from, from uh, Ben Swan on Sovereign, which you guys should check out. I'm one of the leading produce, uh, content creators on that platform. He goes over some interesting discussions about some inside information that he apparently he's the exclusive on about these labs. And, 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 the, and the information around it. Now, the point is, it's obvious. They're biolabs. They've been there. And they're even calling the term biolab fake news, even though they're obviously biological research labs that I believe are conducting dangerous research in regard to bioweapons and so on, because that's what they do. But what's interesting is maybe that was the reason this wasn't supposed to be talked about. As Ben Swan even talks about, maybe there's a reason that that's why the 2014 regime change in Ukraine even took place. And maybe there was a beginning of this narrative that went back. We've been watching the talking about, watching the discussions of nanotechnology, self-spreading vaccines long before COVID. So is this part of that? And, and was the reason that they shut down the conversation of the labs because we weren't supposed to talk about it yet? Because don't miss how this changed. They were fake news until Newland came out and said, oh, but we're worried Russia might take them. So they're only dangerous once Russia has control, sort of like the neo-Nazis they're funding and growing inside Ukraine aren't the dangerous thing up until you, Russia steps in, then they're going to go, oh, Russia built it all. That's what I think is happening here. Just a thought. Ask yourself whether or not the biolab issue in Ukraine was a long-term false flag type of manipulation. They're definitely using them, definitely researching dangerous things and making dangerous things, in my opinion. But Maybe the whole point was to let that happen, drive this into action, and then create that problem. Blame it on Putin. He was the one that made these things or took control of them and made a problem with it. That's what they're actually saying. Maybe that's why this wasn't supposed to be discussed. I want to get that thought out. Now, the point is, 
there's a lot of crossover here, and we have to acknowledge that. Now, we're going to get into the self-spreading conversation today yet again and show you how real this is and how they're yet again bringing it back up, but in the context of animals, as they always tend to do. But we'll be sure to show you that they have been talking about Johns Hopkins, the CDC, plenty of different groups about human self-spreading vaccines being the future and how they go, don't even worry about it because that informed consent's not even a problem. Well, it's no, not a problem because it's not required anymore because you don't even have a choice. See how they frame that? Sort of how it's like, well, you know, we'll, we'll write into law the thing we're doing illegally, therefore it's no longer a crime. Doesn't that solve the problem? <laughs> no, it really doesn't. But we're also going to talk about some other interesting conversations around COVID-19, the lies like child hospitalization that's being exposed as they try to quietly change their numbers in real time and showing you that it's less than half of what they were screaming you're wrong about now. And of course, we're going to talk about graphene oxide today, or more specifically, ma mag magnetic nanoparticles and the use of those around vaccin vaccinology and biohealth and how that's a very real discussion that we need to be, we need to start addressing and we've always been doing this on this channel and plenty of other independent media in regard to posing the question, do we fully understand what's happening in these things? And as you know, and I'm sure including people in my audience, we're not happy with my willingness to not jump right into this and say, yes, truth. And I still believe, as, as do a lot of other very serious investigators, I think Catherine included, Austin, Austin Fitz, in regard to the original push from this fifth column and all the stuff that came out was really, there's a lot of weird uncertainties to it. I still believe there was an effort to make that easily dismissed because there is a valid point to it, which is what I said in the very first conversation about that. Even though, again, a lot of people kind of framed it as us shilling for, like, for dismissing the reality of this. It's just simply object objectivity. And people don't like that when they want you to pick a side. That's usually how that goes. But today we're going to finish with that. So make sure you stay tuned to the end. And we'll go into all of this and show you the, val the validity of these topics. And again, going further than that, ferret nanoparticles, getting into the magnetic nanoparticle future they're building with all of this and how it goes much deeper than that, as well as talking about things like morality pills. There's a future of all of this, and they, this is where they're driving you. This is the new normal in their mind. Or in fact, as the Rockefeller document puts it, as we'll get into today, the next normal, <laughs> the next normal, right? As, it begins to make the word normal not even make sense which is exactly the point. Now, let's start off, of course, with censorship. Now, I was just talking about this yesterday. I wanted to make this clear again today because I'm pretty certain, in my opinion, I can't, I don't know how, I mean, it could always just be a glitch, that Getter, Trump's platform, is literally censoring T-Lab right now. I cannot post on this platform anymore. I'll show you in real time yet again. Now, here, where the, this is just, I was going to wait to do this live. I'm, I'm not even putting a link. Getter is censoring T-Lab. Let's see what happens. Post. Well, let's just do this so I can change it, do a new one, okay? It says, whoops, you said that already. Okay, oops, there's an error submitting your post. Every single time I post anything, something new. Oops, there's an error submitting your post. Try again. Oops, you already said that is what it keeps telling me, except that's not the truth because you can reload this as many times as you want and you don't see these things. All you see are my, my last, the last post apparently was on March 18th. I've posted everything since then. In fact, I've posted one that I'm pretty sure I pinned and now is gone. Bottom line, it's happening in real time. Here's the post from today. I, I, I'm going to try to post it right now. Same deal. Oops. Error. Oops. You already said that. How can it keep telling me that without fail, especially when they're not actually there? I, you know, I, I've reached out, not haven't gotten a response. 
Doesn't surprise me at all, guys. But I just, we, partisanship needs to end. This is garbage. If these platforms are taking action like this, this is a problem. And they're just as bad as any other platform. The problem is that people are okay with censoring the bad guy side, the other side, whatever binary nonsensical thinking applied to the partisanship. We cannot think this way. Now, I, again, I've made it clear about I, this could just be a glitch that just affects me and happens every single time. Who knows? Bottom line is, I'd like to know, and I'm not getting response. But for people on, for somebody could please go on there and post on Getter and make sure people know that that's why they're not posting, because I got 400 followers on there. I want them to know that I'm not just giving up. Now, a couple of quick points to start off, and we'll, just a, a, points of Ukraine that tie back over into the misinformation and the mis, the fake news coming from the governments for the most part and all governments for that matter. But really the point being that you're being deceived about this and how this goes really overlaps with COVID-19. As Sarah Abdallah puts it, don't forget 19 years ago today, and this is just a foreign policy point, the U.S. and U.K. invaded Iraq. 19 years ago today, over 1 million killed, half a million children, millions more made refugees. Worse birth defects and cancer rates than Hiroshima. But don't forget, because they willfully, knowingly, maliciously used depleted uranium shells. That's on the record. War crimes. It's openly written in Western press, the UN. Nobody cares. Nobody's ever held accountable for it. And they, there, there are birth, rate, birth defects to this day from things like that. Or Agent Orange. Things they've used. Vietnam. Whatever else. Who cares, right? Because all you, you just got to scream, we're good guys in freedom. And none of that matters, apparently. One of the biggest crimes of the century. Yet no calls for sanctions, and the war criminals responsible are walking free. In fact, the war criminals responsible are right now openly discussing and fear and 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 they're discussing how to make how do I how do I say that properly? Those war criminals are currently in the midst of calling Putin a war criminal and discussing how they can take action against him. Those war criminals are about to take action against him. Now, again, it doesn't even matter if you believe he's a war criminal. How do you think that that's acceptable? Now. This is really important, and I've tried to do this. I don't do this enough. Most of my nuggets like this that I find really important get lost inside of my three-hour show, and I do, I do get that point. So I wanted to make sure things like this, I take effort to you know, make quick, digestible things to put out. Even though I'm not getting much engagement, I think shadow banning and smaller accounts and so on, but help get this out. Here's the point. Verifiable facts. And you know that I don't say those things lightly. U.S. Congress made sure the Azov Battalion would get U.S. arms in 2016. All the links are below this. CIA has trained them since 2015. FBI verified that the Azov Battalion is neo-Nazi, is immersed with the Ukraine's government, and that those in Charlottesville are their U.S. faction. Those are all verified facts. How is it that all of this can be on the record, yet this entire concept is regarded as fake news? Here are all the links, all from corporate media. Now, here's what I'm pointing at, right? Here's the FBI document we just looked over that very clearly says that the it's not only is Azov Battalion what we're telling you that they are and that there's immersed throughout the government, and that's you can read the full thing, that it's a unit of the Ukrainian National Guard and very clearly that they have they have participated in training and radicalizing specifically the Rise Above movement. That's all right there. RAM members during their trip to specifically the three locations that are the international arms of the, of the Azov Battalion. All this is right in here. This is the nation from 2016 saying what apparently none of the Western press can wreck their, wrap their mind around or they're just choosing to ignore, which is that Congress openly removed, or openly is the wrong word there, but it was, they just didn't tell everybody, a ban on funding that exact group, the Azov Battalion. They put it in saying we can't arm them, they're bad guys. 
And then quietly, the Pentagon stepped in and made them remove it, which they did, which means they went on to fund the neo-Nazis that they just said were bad guy neo-Nazis in 2016. But yet everyone pretends that didn't happen. Fact. Your Congress funded them. The CIA funded them. U.S. A Yahoo News report in January described a covert CIA training program for elite Ukrainian special operations forces and intelligence personnel. You read it, check. I've done shows on that. That's exactly what we're talking about. This is the same group by Obama in 2015. And he's also discussed that before in other contexts. Now, here is also the same point. Azov's political wing. Germany's third party, third path, excuse me, America's Rise Above Movement and Italy's Casa Pond. And those are the three locations where they went. So now we know for sure, on the record, the CIA funded them, the U.S. Congress funded them, that they, the CIA funded them since 2015, and that the group in Charlottesville that was laid at the feet of Trump and the conservatives were, in fact, a CIA arm of the Oz Battalion that they created, or rather that they funded, armed, and grew into what it is today. All on the record, guys. Right? I guess we'll just have to wait for one of those quasi-independents to, to kind of siphon off all the important stuff, like kind of cut out the CIA part and just use a quiet, <laughs> kind of being facetious. The problem is these things tend to be dumped into some of these larger shows that kind of water this down and don't really focus on the important stuff. And then it becomes a big story like Tucker Carlson or wherever else it goes. This needs to get out, guys. People need to recognize this is easy to prove. Now, oh, and I want to make sure I corrected this. Andrew pointed this out to me. This was just a very, this was a big mistake, I guess. The point was, this didn't change any of the larger points I was making, but I made a, I made a big mistake by confusing Yanukovych with uh, Tanibok. And that was just my mistake. The names, I, I mixed up the names is all it was. The larger point was the same, except for the end part, if, you're, if you reference the show from yesterday, where essentially the people that they were moving were different. It changes the whole meaning of the people they were moving at the end of that story. Nonetheless, the larger point was the same, that they are neo-Nazis and this guy's leading them and the U.S. government knows that. Same point. But I want to make sure you understand that this guy is this guy right here, Ole Tanibok, or Tanibok, and the person that I was referencing was Viktor Yanukovych, and that was just my mistake. I was thinking of this guy, and I just, I, for some reason, misconfused the names, which is just my mistake. I want to make sure that's very clear because that does change that point quite a bit at the end in regard to who was being moved. It'll make more sense if you want to watch the show, but I, I can't make it more clear without that. Of course, removed from office in the Revolution of Dignity in 2014. That's why you can never trust Wikipedia, but use them as ways to recognize how they're trying to tell you what to think. But no, this was a U.S.-backed violent regime change where we know that the U.S.-backed people shot the people in the, in the square. They blamed it on this person's group, and that's how that worked out. Anyway, that was my mistake. Thank you, Andrew, for pointing that out for me. I, it was a mistake, and I always do my best to address those. Now, to start with the, the misinformation points, that's, that is more so about COVID-19, but I want us to see how this works in all of this stuff. This person says, Putin is threatening to spill the beans about 9-11, which is, you know, 66,000 likes and shares. And, you know, and I was like, oh, interesting. I'd like to, I looked into it and find out, as far, as far as I can tell, not true. And I just commented, trying to make a point. That I said, with all the facts you presented here, I'm shocked, just shocked, I tell you, to find out this is incorrect. I don't know why people just would share and, and engage without, I mean, th to that degree, without actually caring to look in if it's even true. Now, as far as I can tell, it's not. You could, if you find something different, please let me know. Now, this is, this, uh, I'll actually, I'll, I'll, I'll point to this after this, the point. So this was the first place I saw it. I'm not really familiar with this, whatever the site is, but there was plenty of other locations pointing the same, the same points, and you guys can do your due diligence. Please let me know if you find something different. My point is simply this. 
that if you look into this, it turned, it looks like it apparently from all I can tell, this is from an older article and it was being repackaged. And the person who repackaged it just snipped out the part that made it clear it was from 2015 because that's what happens today. Now, my, my personal belief is that this isn't happening from people that want to trick you into like, they're trying to frame this as these are people who side with Putin and are trying to, I guess, manipulate you into supporting him. But that's not, that doesn't make sense because if it's this easy to find out it's fake, this would arguably have the opposite effect. So then wouldn't you ask yourself whether that's who is doing that? The people that want to frame people like us as, as the dumb and misinformation, misinformation conspiracy theorists, they just take whatever's in front of them. That's what I think to some degree anyway. Bottom line though, is this is an easy way to get people to point at this and say, oh, look, you know, they're lying to you about how this is working. Just my opinion. Not that it's that I, I believe that it's absolutely not true, but there's a lot of interesting discussions around Putin and 9-11 on top of that anyway, right? I don't believe that these people are completely clean in all the, of what's happening here, but this seems to be a partisan aspect to this. And anything partisan, in my mind, is a manipulation in regard to all of this, the larger picture. Now, the other point was, oh, that was something else I was going to talk about, but I chose not to. Now, here is an interesting point this person makes. So this person says, Putin is threatening to spill the beans about 9-11, as I showed you. Alan says, are we really going to take his word after he repeatedly lied on multiple occasions to the world that he wasn't going to invade Ukraine? I hope you see how crazy that is. Now, you shouldn't take anybody's word for anything. I was going to comment, but I decided not to because it's meaningless for these kind of Twitter conversations. But so Alan Matthews, which, by the way, says make liberals cry. So I guess we can assume he's a conservative who's blindly supporting Ukraine, which shows you this is completely non-bipartisan. Anybody lost in the paradigm is completely, you know, in some degree is lost into all of this. But who is Alan taking the word of? Does Alan know what Putin is doing, what his thoughts were, what was happening there? No, he's blindly taking the word of what the media told him. But he doesn't recognize that that's the same thing because he thinks that's the right thing. But you don't trust Putin because that's the wrong thing. See why? Because that's what he was told. Why can't that person recognize he's doing the same thing? You see what I mean? COVID, same thing. It's exactly the same thing. And I think this is connected to the, the psychosis that was created. When this person says, we don't need to take his word for it. The evidence is all over the internet if one takes the time to look. Now, the point is, there's a lot more to what actually happened. And if this guy, Allen, actually cared to look at the, the, that Obama to, to Trump to Biden for multiple administrations for eight years, in fact, longer than eight years, really, have been continually saying that Putin has got to invade Ukraine. Now, if it said that long and they're constantly trying to make it happen until finally after eight years, it actually happens. Can you not stand back and go, well, maybe it wasn't actually what was planned or maybe it was that they were driving it to action. Well, on top of all of that, repeatedly lied on multiple occasions. He wasn't going to invade Ukraine. Well, he wasn't really saying that because he had been saying for a long time that he would be forced to take action on Ukraine if they crossed red lines. You see, none of this is in Alan's view because he's only listening to Western press. And that's my point, blindly trusting what he's told because it's the same thing. But he says, and you can verify the information on the internet is 100% true. Right. Only willing to critically do that about the things that he thinks aren't supposed to be looked at. Alan, have you verified all the videos that Ukraine are being sent to Western press that they're pointing at and saying Ukraine said? No, he's blindly saying true because Western press told me and Ukraine I stand with. That's what's happening. And this is very frustrating, but this is the reality. One side is dumb conspiracy theory because they don't check their facts, but we're different because we get our facts from reputable sources. It's the same thing. 
they just choose to take one side at face value. It's it's quite embarrassing, to be honest, because this is what a lot of people are experiencing. Now, to make this point clear about how this could have gone with something and may still go this direction, Defense Secretary Ben Wallace says the UK is standing beside our NATO comrades and Putin has made it clear that all of us are at risk. Really? How has he made that clear? He hasn't at all, in fact. In fact, he said literally the opposite. Now, that could very well be what he's doing. But when they say he's made it all that all too clear that all of us are at risk, what they're saying is that's what he is doing. That's what he means. and That's what he plans to do. Oh, how do you know that? Because that's Putin's playbook. Did he say that? No. In fact, he screamed the opposite. But he's lying because we know. Okay, so basically, he's made it clear to us because we said that. And that's what we think. And there's no evidence to back that up. But he made it clear we're all at risk. Therefore, NATO has to support it because we're all at risk. This is just narrative and agenda. And it certainly could be true, but don't we need evidence anymore? Apparently, Alan doesn't. Apparently, anybody who's blindly a partisan side of this doesn't need evidence anymore. We saw that with COVID. We see it now. The point is, this is them rationalizing why, very clearly, they're going to try to justify NATO having Ukraine join which is exactly what Putin told you was going to happen, which is exactly why he's taking action is in at least one degree. And on top of that, which will then be another red line, which will drive him to action, which will they'll then point to and say, see, even though they made that happen. Even if he had designs for this, you have to understand that there's more than one side to this, guys. But the NATO part of this is really important. Now, here's what you might have seen. This, this wasn't 10 hours ago. Let me refresh this. Four U.S. service members were killed. It was uh, yesterday, or I think more than a day ago. I thought it was, anyway. Four U.S. service members were killed when the aircraft they were traveling in crashed during NATO training exercises in Norway. Right, NATO training exercises, which you always go, we've planned for years. That's not, they, they, these are obviously provocations. They're doing this on the border and within a very close proximity of Russia. If Russia did this even in, in Argentina, U.S. government would lose its mind. Right. The point is that they're doing drills in their own inside their own country. And that was framed as provocation when before this ever kicked off. My point is, think about this, guys. As far as I can tell, this this was they, they crashed. There's no real big push about it. It's nothing connected to Russia. Who knows if that might change tomorrow? But ask yourselves this, guys. If if right when this happened. Four Americans apparently died. If the mainstream with the Western press, the corporate media. And the government immediately stepped up and said, Russia shot this plane down. Intelligence says, anonymous sources, I can't give any more details. Are we really going to pretend that that wouldn't have completely been overtaken? That the media wouldn't have run with it? That they would have parroted it? That everybody would have called for sanctions, action, war, bombings without any evidence? really take a minute, even those that think we're crazy. Can't you reflect on how crazy that is? You know, as a matter of fact, that would happen. Even if it wasn't true. I just can't get past how crazy and obvious that is. Nobody would question that. On every possible side right now, everybody would go along with it because that's what's happening right now. And all they would have to do is just to decide to point at it. That is the important part of this. Just like COVID-19 and everything else, we would have been overtaken by that. And anybody saying, what about evidence? We'd have been called Russian shills, conspiracy theorists, fake news. That's how broken the, the mainstream of all this is. Now, here's another story. Dozens dead after shelling of military barracks in South Ukraine. 
Now, first of all, ask yourself why it's being pointed out as some kind of a problem that Russia is bombing a military matrix during military uh, barracks, excuse me, during a war situation. Like again, I'm not saying I support war from any side at this point. I don't want I don't, people dying is bad no matter what, in my opinion. But the point, nonetheless, is that we're talking about a war that's currently underway, and that they're, the bombing of a military barracks is somehow now off limits. I mean, it just seems a very weird thing to point out. But nonetheless, let's find out where the story even comes from. Dozens killed after Russian rockets hit military barracks in South Ukraine. A Ukrainian service member on the ground told the French press agency without providing his name. You see my point? That's all it takes. Nobody questions this. He says it happened. Therefore, report. Because they said. Because Ukraine said. Now, as far as I can tell, this actually happened. My point is, why in the world is it that easy? Because there's more going on here than just truthful investigation by the media. This is a propaganda push. Everybody can see that, if we're really being honest with ourselves. Yesterday, orcs, this is the Ukraine government talking, yesterday, orcs hit our sleeping soldiers with rockets in a cowardly manner. This is the head of the regional administration, said on a video on Saturday, using, of course, the Ukrainian nickname for Russian forces. Right, because they're always regularly calling them. This is the epitome. This is like the idea of the you know Palestinians really back and forth, and them calling themselves derogatory names or racist names, which is what they call them. They call them Moscow's all the time, which is a derogatory term for Russians. But that's okay today because Russia bad guy. So we're okay with racism and bigotry as long as it's on the side of the people we don't like. Exactly, we learned that from the war on terror because Muslims are bad, right? Why can't we see how gross these people are? And they, dro- they drive the people who are mindlessly following them to also be gross and extremist and bad while they pretend other people are causing the extremism, which is also happening. My point is they're driving it into reality, like in Syria, like in Ukraine, like everywhere else. French press agency journalists at the site earlier in the day saw the bodies of three people, including a shredded corpse extracted from under the rubble. Okay, so they show up and they see dead bodies. And then he goes, this happened because Russia did it. And that's the story. That's the story. Couldn't you wait and go, wait, did they maybe do it? Was it somebody else? Did Israel bomb somewhere else? Did the CIA do it? Nobody cares. It had to be Russia because that's what the story is. This, this is the status of right where this is where we are right now. And it's bad. And as you can see, with, with all the only thing being an anonymous person from the ground on the Ukrainian side says this is the case. They see people did die, which is my point about that girl from yesterday. Just because they'd say, they, calling it fake doesn't even necessarily mean that it didn't actually happen. It means that the false, a false flag is how that works. They will kill people and then blame it on Russia. That is an illusion. That's a misrepresentation. But you type this in, every single story, what does it say? Dozens dead after base hit by you. Uh, you read them all. It says Russia attacks, Russian strikes, Russian attacks. Because that's what they're told. Simple as that. Now, here's an example of how absurdly hyperbolic everything is right now for them. And it's just taking face value. This is the Ukraine, the puppet of Ukraine right now. And this, this, this guy looks like he lives in somebody's garage is literally saying that, well, we're, we're ready to negotiate, but if that doesn't happen, well, we're all, this is world war three. Wait a minute. How can you be in the process of negotiating? But if it's not, if that doesn't happen, then you're just calling it world war three. I mean, isn't that this, that's just dumb. I mean, that's a really stupid thing to say. So basically that's a threat. If we don't get what we want, this is a, this is the, a world war. It's pretty ridiculous.
Um, and yet, you have called for negotiations with him. Will it be hard? Will it be... A- right, think about that. He's a war criminal, but let's negotiate. Right, because nothing is sacred. Right? These people are, you know, they're working with Taliban. They're working, you know, Saddam Hussein was their ally before he wasn't. Osama bin Laden was called the warrior of peace by the Washington Post before he no longer was. Right? This is going back to Venezuela and saying, let's work, make, make, we need oil now, so now you're no longer illegitimate because we need you. Now, Guaido, get out of here because we're ridiculous. Painful for you to have to sit down with Putin were he to agree uh, and uh, negotiate with him. I'm ready for negotiations with him. I was ready uh, um, over the last two years. And I think that I think that without negotiations, we cannot end this war. I think that all the people uh, who, uh, who think that this dialogue is, uh, is shallow and that it is not going to resolve anything, they just don't understand that this is very valuable. If there is just 1% chance for us to stop this war, I think that we, we need to take this chance. We need to do that. I, I can tell you about the result of these negotiations. Uh, uh, in any case, uh, we are we are losing people on a daily basis, innocent people on the ground. Uh, Russian forces have come to exterminate us, to kill us. Right, which is not even remotely what they're saying, not even remotely what seems to be happening. Now, it could be, certainly, but that's don't we need evidence? Apparently not. But on the other side of it, well, I shouldn't say evidence because I've seen videos of things they're claiming, but these things have roundly and almost entirely been shown to be false. People on Fox News pointed out plenty of the Guardian off Guardian article made showed glaring seven examples of they're using video game shots and claiming that's happening. Yet we're buying at face value, right? Except on top of that, the very openly neo-Nazi group that the FBI called out the CIA has been funding since the beginning of all this have openly stated they want to kill the people in Donbass, kill the people in Crimea because they hate the Russian people. They hate ethnically cleanse. That's what's happening. They're openly saying that. Don't forget. That's been funded openly. Don't forget. And yet, they want to cleanse us, though. They want to not they exterminate us. At, at what point do we stand back and go, okay, so that could be true, but we have on the record his side saying that. So is it not just them accusing that of which you are guilty? Nope, doesn't matter, though. Only blindly listen to him without any due diligence and, tr- and disregard everything on the other side. And we have demonstrated the dignity of our people and our army that uh, we are uh, we are able to deal a powerful blow. We are able to strike back. All right, just you guys, you get the point. I'm just suddenly tired of watching this person. Then ask yourself about why this is happening, right? Sort of like how Vanessa Bealy, and by the way, I've got a ground table plan for tomorrow with Vanessa Bealy, Eva Bartlett, and I'm um, blanking on the other person's name, by the way, an, an expert on, on uh, Russian foreign policy, and we're going to have a roundtable about what's going on in Ukraine, so you can look forward to that tomorrow. But as Vanessa Bealy's pointed out in other places, Syria, for instance, the BBC, they often, you know, embed themselves with the terrorists, almost always, in fact, like Hyatt Cheryl Sham, and pretend like they're, you know, neutrally observing. And yet they'll call out Vanessa for, for being in places where, like Syria, because she's a shill, except they're literally embedded with the terrorists, which we now can prove, and had proved back then, were literally terrorists. 
Think about how crazy that is. So here we are in a picture, as you can see, with a Ukrainian soldier with his arm, with his with his weapon inside of a press vehicle. Yeah, because that's not a conflict of interest, right? Clearly, they've taken a side, guys. These aren't journalists. We have to recognize that. It's very, very clear. Now, last point on this before we start with the self-spreading part, because this is all about misinformation, is just recognize that it's not the way you're being told. The the world is very aware. Not the governments, but the world in large is aware of what's actually happening. This is my point about the false majority. The peoples of the world, they clearly see what this government is, what plenty of of French and and, and UK and plenty of these governments are, are today. Wyatt Reed points out tens of thousands of fans at Red Star Belgrade, Serbia's most popular soccer team, gave a pointed response to the supposedly anti-war West tonight as they held signs showing 20-plus countries and the year of their overthrow invasion by the United States government. All we are saying is give peace a chance. The world knows, guys. This is my point. A child could see how stupidly obvious this is and what's really going on. The, pe- the, part of the problem is these, these adults, if you want to call them that, that are invested in the lie, their entire career, their livelihood is invested in perpetuating the status quo. That's the point. As he lists off, Korea, Guatemala, Indonesia, Cuba, Vietnam, Congo, Laos, Brazil, Dominican Republic, Greece, Argentina, Nicaragua, Granada, Philippines, Panama, Iraq, Serbia, Republic, Sudan, Afghanistan, Yemen, Somalia, Libya, Syria, and on. There's plenty more than that. All of those are places the U.S. government illegally occupied or, or regime changed. But yeah, well, let's, let's discuss Putin as a war criminal, right? Which, by the way, I could make a valid argument for why I would agree with that. But coming from this government should make you sick because they, by doing this, are actively attempting to cover up their own crimes. Now, in regard to the idea of this misinformation that is everywhere, and I do believe very strongly what we're seeing in Ukraine and the misinformation is coming, or rather the push, is, is tied to the psychosis that people are lost in right now about all of this. One of the main things that really concern me, and let's not forget the crossover between the biolabs and what possibly has been worked on and built in these locations, which might, in my opinion, be laid at the feet of people right now pushing into Ukraine. It might be exactly why they made that happen. Self-spreading vaccines are something that we discussed from the very beginning of all this because it's been there. They've openly talked about this, not just around animals, but humans. But here, to start with, is a new article from National Geographic that came out the 18th, two days ago. Right now, you talk about self-spreading vaccines for animals or anybody, and most of Twitter will call you fake news. That's the same point. The controversial quest to make a contagious vaccine. This is is incredible that this is even on the table, right? As it's called fake news in any genuine discussion. Imagine a cure that's as contagious as the disease it fights, they say. A vaccine that could replicate in a host body and spread to others nearby. Quickly and easily protecting a whole population from microbial attacks. That's the goal of several teams around the world who are reviving controversial research to develop self-spreading vaccines. And no, no, this has never gone away. As I'll go make sure to show you here, this is something that Johns Hopkins and plenty of others have been discussing for a long, during COVID and then long before COVID. 
their hope is to reduce infectious disease transmission among wild animals, which is always the way this is, this is where it started, at least how it's stated publicly, and where they couch it back again now, thereby lowering the risk that harmful viruses and bacteria can jump from wildlife to humans, as many experts believe happened with SARS-CoV-2, the virus that caused COVID-19 pandemic, they claim. My point is, that's not even sound. And it says it even in this article. There's a, a huge grouping of these very experts that think that that's not even possible. That they think that's not that's something that is not that the very least was not what happened with COVID nineteen. If that's what we're talking about, and yet we're still talking about this, we're still talking about building this on that premise, even though the very people in their circles are like that's not even the case. Like the very foundation of your argument doesn't make sense. You see what I'm saying? But what does is how they use it for humans and how they frame it for humans. And we'll get into that in a minute. Now, the U.S. CDC estimates that 60% of all known infectious diseases and 75% of new or emerging ones are zoonotic. They estimate. Again, think about how incredible it is that we have a huge portion, as far as I could tell, it's not, it's, it's, I think it's the majority, who have roundly discussed that zoonotic transfer is not even what's happening, not even a thing in regard to viral transmission between animal pathogens to people. So then they just go, well, we estimate on top of that, even though we haven't proven that it's even possible, right? Because they'll even admit that. It's up in the air. But then we go on to estimate that it's 75% of everything, though, even though we haven't proven that it's even happening yet. That happens all the time. They're jumping over that. They're already talking. You'll see in a minute they talk about how, well, there's dangerous risks, and we haven't even proven if it works. But if it does, it could change everything, and we could revolutionize the new future. That's what happened with COVID. Walensky admitted that. They let their... This is, of course, the stated narrative. They let their wishful thinking drive the action. Well, this could be changing every, could change everything. She even admitted that. Well, when CNN told us how well it worked, well, we do. That's the CDC speaking. So CNN's informing the CDC about their actions? Apparently so. Nonetheless, the point was simply they were hoping it would work. And allowing all of your children to be killed and your pregnant women to go. I mean, think about all the stuff that's happening. That's all based on the idea that they decided to take a shot on this. And it's not just like that, guys. This is about an agenda. mRNA and the push for the platforms have been built long before we got here. Scientists cannot predict why, when, or how new zoonotic disease will emerge. Perfect. But we estimate that it's most everything, right? But when they do, according to the thing they're telling you is true, even though people are saying it's not happening, these diseases are often deadly and costly to control. What's more... Many researchers predict the climate change, biodiversity loss, and population growth will accelerate their spread. Interesting tie over, crossover. Of course it will, because it's going to, climate change is going to be the, the, the thing they roll this over to. Vaccine, and then it goes on to say advances in genomic technology and virology and a better understanding of disease transmission have accelerated work that began in the late, in the 1980s to make genetically engineered viruses that spread from one animal to another humans or animals, imparting immunity to disease rather than infection. Researchers are currently developing self-spreading vaccines right now. And my point is, guys, they're making them now. They're trialing them now. And in fact, there's already been a real-world trial before this. And based on their concerns, even in this document, why wouldn't we go, gee, maybe that already happened. Maybe that's what we're dealing with. Others argue that the viruses used in these vaccines could themselves mutate, jump species, or set off a chain reaction with devastating effects across the entire ecosystem. Yeah, that sounds like a very 
possible thing that we are literally staring at. I mean, not to say that's what caused it, but recognize what we're dealing with right now. They are desperately trying to flee from what we're seeing. I mean, it's embarrassing. Couldn't that be what we're staring at? Now, on top of it, you know, on another point, it could be the spike protein doing the same thing. We already talked about the shedding of this. But my point is, this is possible. It is happening. We know they're using it. So why wouldn't we think about that? Quote, once you set something engineered and self-transmissible out into nature, you don't know what happens to it and where it will go, says Jonas Sandbrink, a biosecurity researcher at Oxford. Even if you just start by setting it out into animal populations, part of the genetic element might find their way back into humans. Okay, so this is being spoken long before now, yet they're still working on it, yet they're still testing it right now in populations. You see my point? They know this is possible. Oxford experts on biosecurity are like, well, this could find its way into humans. They're like, yeah, okay, but we're going to test it anyway, though, because we don't care about the risks, just like they don't care about the experiment being waged on the population of the world right now. If that's a threat, a concern, and the experts are, are laying that concern down, why is this still happening? Because we don't, it could change everything, right? That's the point. They're staring at that point. The first and only cell-spreading vaccine field trial. This was in 1999. It already happened. They were already testing this. It was already used. And I promise you it's already been tested more than that. This is the on the record. Now it says on the island the research the on the island the research team captured 147 rabbits, placed microchips in their necks, administered the vaccine to about half of them, and released them back into the wild. I just find that to be an interesting crossover. In 2000, the research team submitted their laboratory and field data to the European Medicines Agency, the EMA, for evaluation and approval for real world use. The EMA noted technical issues with the vaccine safety evaluation and requested the team decode the genome for the very thing they were making it for which had not been done before. Isn't that revealing? Right. So you don't take the time to decode the genome of the very thing you're trying to stop? And they go, yeah, why don't you understand it first before you push this out of the world? Exactly what we're dealing with today that we don't want to address. And then, of course, after that, they say, well, I'm no longer going to do it. Okay, so maybe that's because they're not capable of doing that. Maybe that's a thought to have. Or maybe it's because they realize that it's dangerous. Or maybe because they realize what they were doing could destroy the planet. Who knows? But the person creating it no longer advocates for self-spreading vaccines today. Interesting. And you'll see why in a minute. Now, he doubts that the EMA would ever have approved the vaccine, given that the hesitancy, the hesitancy, hesitancy and controversy around genetically modified organisms. Except for the one we just jammed in everyone's arms around the planet, though, right? Because that one is totally... Safe and effective? Not even remotely. Totally investigated for a long period of time? No, nope, not really at all. Okay, so they only have an issue with anything that happened before COVID-19. And then all of a sudden, they just didn't care. Explain that. I think you know why. But it says renewed interest and funding for the technology popped up around 2016, which is not actually accurate because it was being built before that. And I've already shown you this in previous shows, and I'll reference those in a second. And today, several research groups are developing self-spreading vaccines for animals. So several groups are currently making them. Where did this all come from? Why is this all of a sudden a gigantic push when, one, we still haven't even proven zoonotic transfer is actually what's happening, and two, it's very clearly potentially dangerous, as the experts have been saying. But who cares, right? Because this could change everything. For them, sure. Each of these vaccines uses cytomegalovirus, or CMVs. 
a group that belongs to the herpes family. Well, that's interesting. That's exactly what we talked about with the plenty of COVID-19 vaccine crossover. But check this out. CMBs also infect a host for life. Induce strong immune responses, yet do not often cause severe disease. Great. So now you've got that for your ever in your body. Yeah, let's not pretend. So this is one they can't even pretend doesn't alter you forever. But yeah, that's all for your safety based on something we haven't verified. Just go ahead and take it, though, because we're going to make you. So far, no one has conducted any field of laboratory studies assessing the impact and safety of these vaccines delivered via the self-spreading mechanism. Can you believe it says that? Oh, okay, so we're making them, openly testing them right now, but no one has even conducted field studies for it, right? No one has tested it to see if it's safe in the world, but we're testing it in the world? You know what that sounds like to me? How much money has the industry committed to supporting additional independent research? And we're talking about research on the biological effects of this new technology. There are no industry-backed studies, to my knowledge, right now. So essentially, the answer to my question, how much money? Zero. Uh, I can only follow up with you, Senator. To my knowledge, there's no active studies being backed by industry today. Anybody else know of industry commitments to, to back research, fund it, support it, to ascertain scientifically the health effect? Well, I'm not aware of any. So there really is no research ongoing. We're kind of blind blind here. So far. God, that is just, I can't get past how incredible that is. That is about 5G technology, Right. So we're literally rolling this out as fast as possible, and we don't even they, – they will tell you it's safe from a government standpoint, but when you actually dig in like that, oh, guess what? We have literally not even looked into it. Now, sure, they, there's things that have happened since then, but nonetheless, it's the same point here. How is it being tested? And people are saying even that test could find its way into humans, which could then spread uncontrollably, and no one has conducted any – field or laboratory studies to assess the impact or safety of that exact thing. I mean, good God. These are the people that are telling you you need to blindly trust what they do while they don't even care if it hurts you. It says, however, a recent mathematical modeling study reported, and this is my point, that if it does work, as expected, the thing that is not even vetted, I mean, think about the uncertainties in that. If it's even not zoonotical transfer, whether or not it will spread, whether or not it's even safe in the world or whether it will have impacts on the world or the environment or your body or anything else. But they've done a study when they haven't done those on if it does work what we would, what, the way we want it to, then it would do this. It would, as it says, it expected releasing the Lassa fever vaccine, it could reduce disease transmission among rodents by 95%. And that's all they point out, just like with 5G. Well, it could increase your phone speeds and we could change everything for technology and we could beat China. Well, is it safe for us? We don't know. So let's roll it out. Yeah, these people don't care about you. I don't know why we can't wrap our mind around that. Their counterbalance is, well, we did a study, a, a modeling study, that this could revolutionize disease transmission. Is it safe? Who cares? <laughs> I just can't get past this, guys. That's everywhere. Despite the political benefits, many experts warn that too little is known about zoonotic disease transmission. These are the experts saying this. We don't know what we're talking about. But let's make it, though. The, the person who, who uh, made the stealth-spreading vaccine push, the ones they were referencing earlier, his view now, as he stopped, he stopped back then, 
of self-spreading disease, diseases, the vaccines, shifted after he saw how previous animal control strategies involving the international release of viruses had unforeseen consequences. Guys, this is a guy who literally pushed this, who was advocating for it, who had studies around it. Now he's the one going, we don't even, there's things that happen we don't even know. He himself has pulled back, but guess what? They're not. They just found somebody else and they're still pushing it. It's being used right now. Philippa Lentos, a science and international security expert at King's College London, points out that a self-spreading vaccine virus could evolve to jump species or cause other unknown consequences in wild and domestic animal populations and perhaps even humans. But that being said, who cares? Let's push it out because we could get what we want from it. That's the point. They'd like to say those things and never do anything about it. Now, these different, these individuals, Redwood, both said as it highly it's highly unlikely that a CMV-based vaccine could ever jump species given the virus's biology, although the evolutionary factors underlying CMV species specificity are not entirely known. If I'm so sick and tired of these, these ridiculous fake experts willing to take a stance that contradicts the reality of being an expert. So we don't know what, we talk, what we're talking about, but we're going to say it's highly unlikely that this would do that, although we don't even know about it entirely. So the point should be, you know, when somebody asks you, is that possible? The answer should be, I don't know. Not that it's highly unlikely, even though we don't know what we're talking about. That's garbage. But that's COVID-19 on overdrive. That's exactly what's happening today. Safe and effective. Well, we know it's safe and effective. No, you don't. Because you literally are still conducting studies. These people are bad and liars. In addition, there is an emerging understanding that viruses and bacteria exist in complex microbial ecosystems, perhaps keeping each other's population in check. The impact of self-spreading vaccines that wipes out one specific virus might have unknown consequences. Well, gee, that's an interesting thought that never gets posed in the mainstream. Sort of like when you remove an animal or an insect or something from the population, other ones go out of control. It's an ecosystem. So we're not wondering, you know, taking sort of like think about the releasing all these GM mosquitoes and whether that's going to do something negatively. Yeah. Oh, who cares? They're experimenting on your life. Just like with the polio injections or whatever else Bill Gates involved. These are experimentations that hurt those people. Genetically modified foods destroyed their food population or excuse me, their food. They're more food scarce than they were before. Why don't we talk about that? The same people who pushed GM foods that hurt them are now pushing GM other things on you and pretending like it's the right way to go. The point is, if you release these self-spreading injections that then annihilate this thing, because it won't stop, it's going to continue to spread and spread and spread and spread. That's assuming it doesn't mutate itself, which, by the way, is exactly the prime examples of what would cause mutations, because it's unadulterated spread or un—you know hindered spread. Non-stop, pass, 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 which would probably cause that, which is exactly the point. But if it wipes that thing out, what then happens? Is that thing there keeping other things in check? They don't even know. You know what? They don't care. Most researchers agree that self-spreading vaccines could never be applied to human populations because universal informed consent would never be achieved. Well, that's quite interesting because that's actually the opposite of what they argue in this recent video that I've shown you more than once. Check this out. Since the outbreak of COVID-19, the word virus has been dominating media headlines as well as our daily lives. 
Did you know that one approach that has been proposed to control virally transmitted diseases is by releasing a virally transmitted vaccine? Now, for the people on the podcast, this is about humans. It's showing you injected into a human's arm and showing that human spread this to their family. This, this was a uh, this was posted by the Euroscience Open Forum, and it was part of the Geneva the Geneva uh, it was the United Nations discussion about this exact topic. It was literally called "Going Viral." Uh, and what was the other second part of that? GM viruses in the environment. This was a talking point on the United Nations point. We've gone over this in depth in the past, and I've got the articles with the source material there for you. But watch what they say about informed consent. Unlike traditional vaccines, infectious vaccines do not require any individual consent. And note that the person next to her is pregnant. And that's a little child down there. All good though, right? Because we're no, it doesn't require informed consent. Isn't that great? Oh, really? It doesn't, it doesn't require informed consent? Why, that's, the, that's a quite different thing than saying that you don't get to inform consent. You you're not afforded informed consent. It's not your choice anymore. As if informed consent is some kind of barrier we try to get past. That's incredible. Any individual consent is by releasing a virally transmitted vaccine. Unlike traditional vaccines, infectious vaccines do not require any individual consent. Infectious solutions are also being developed for food and agriculture and are currently making their way through the regulatory approval process. However, do we really want to intentionally disperse these modified viruses outside the lab? No. And this, this video does make a counterpoint to say that there's some concerns. But recognize this was 2020, guys. So here they are on a UN public forum openly telling you that they are working on human-to-human self-spreading injections. I'll show you Johns Hopkins where they make that clear as well. So ask yourself this. How is it possible that the National Geographic can write an entire article about how this not what's happening? That in fact, that that's never going to happen or they're, they're not even working on it. It's only for animals. That's a lie. Either National Geographic is too stupid to do their own due diligence to find out this obvious information, or they're gaslighting you. That's always the way this works, guys, and it's incredible to me. But it, I'll show you Johns Hopkins next, and then we'll listen to the counterpoint. Is this a forward march of science or a mistake? Join our live event at the... Oh, you know what? There's another video that I've showed that has more, more involved in the conversation. But the point, nonetheless, is that they have this conversation on a public forum. And then after that, Johns Hopkins puts out this document that discusses how that's the future. That's what's happening. Now you can see right here, this is the Euroscience Open Forum. Going viral, GM viruses in the environment. Now, one of the things they talked about there in the picture they showed was the insect allies discussion, which Whitney and I have talked about, where they came out with this whole thing and they were trying to pretend it was for defense. And all scientists around the world roundly said, guys, that's a bioweapon program. Think about how relevant that is to right now. They said, don't lie. That's a dual purpose bioweapons program. That's the exact same thing for these vaccine pretend research. You can claim it's for vaccines, but we all know that it could go the other way too. In fact, the vaccine argument is even hollow on that side because it's ridiculous to pretend that you're just going to get lucky enough to make the one thing that happens organically after that. The point is that that's a bioweapons program. Anybody honest knows that, including Dr. Boyle, who literally created the Biowarfare Act that they still use to this day. And he said, they're all bioweapons. Now, as it says, universal informed consent could never be achieved. Exactly, because they don't care about your informed consent. Exactly like they never tried to inform consent or give you informed consent around COVID-19, which I might as well include. I haven't pointed out, pointed out in a minute. This is a, a peer-reviewed study that was posted on 2020, December 4th. Peer-reviewed March 2021. 
And it simply says, informed consent disclosure about this problem. And what do they say very clearly? That the specific and significant risk of antibody-dependent enhancement, which means that you take the injection, and then you come in contact with the wild virus, and then you have a wildly more severe interaction. So the injection hurts, your, it makes it worse for you. They're saying it's not just hypothetical, it's specific and it's significant. And that that risk of the vaccine hurting you should have been, meaning that they knew and they didn't do it, and should now be prominently and independently disclosed to research subjects. Those in current trials, those being recruited for trials, and those taking the injection. Otherwise, we need to do, well, or we need to do that in order to meet the medical standards of informed consent. That's a peer-reviewed study. They've never told anybody that's not listed on the documentation. They are not telling you that you can get antibody-dependent enhancement. In fact, they're actively hiding from that, pretending it's not the case, despite the fact that's literally what Fauci said was possible right in the beginning. And we would never know until we put it in your body. There's another element to safety. And that is if you vaccinate someone and they make an antibody response and then they get exposed and infected, does the response that you induce actually enhance the infection and make it worse. And the only way you'll know that is if you do an extended study, not in a normal volunteer who has no risk of infection, but in people who are out there in a risk situation. This would not be the first time, if it happened, that a vaccine that looked good in initial safety actually made people worse. I've shown you that one. Oop, looks like I'm having a little freezing here. See if I can't scroll. Maybe I'll just skip it. I like I like showing the other one as well, just because it's not Fauci. That there's other experts that were saying the same exact thing, that we knew this. We saw it in cats before. There it is right there. They're trying to train the body's immune system to target the right part of the virus, because getting it wrong can be dangerous. We know that historically, with coronaviruses, that if you do vaccinate with the wrong kind of vaccine, for instance, in domestic cats who have a similar viral infection, that you can make the disease more severe. Right. So the point is, if you're taking an injection that's designed for, let's say, the original strain, and we're five or six different mutations down the road, well, that, that's going to hurt you. Not may, that will hurt you. They're telling you this, that if you do this, if you vaccinate with the wrong injection, Dr. Cole is the other one, I won't play it again. Just the point is he's telling you, if you, if you inject with the wrong thing, if you create the wrong antibodies, you're going to hurt somebody. They all admitted that. And now we're watching it happen and they go, oh, fake news. It's incredible. It really is just baffling that we're in this position. But the reality is they knew this. Even the peer-reviewed science was saying we should tell everybody this, and they just didn't care. Now it says, the researchers agree with informed consent, but it goes, quote, we can't even get people to take a vaccine in a global pandemic. Oh, right, because, you know, personal choice is just so frustrating, isn't it? The idea that you would be able to surreptitiously vaccinate a population with a virus without causing riots is just, you know, the stuff of fantasy. It'll never be used in humans. Well, that literally contradicts what they're telling you they're going to do. My point is, of course it wouldn't be surreptitiously because you would never even find out, guys. Or I guess that would be surreptitiously. The point is that people wouldn't riot if you didn't find out. Isn't that possible that's happening right now? Of course, that's fake news because they've never done something secret to you before. Of course not. What a maniac conspiracy theorist, right? I'm not saying I know it's happening. I'm saying it's possible. And if you think that's crazy, you are simply ignorant to, to your own history. 
Sandbrick also points out that self-spreading vaccine research poses a biosecurity threat. Developing them and preventing some of their potential consequences involves fine-tuning transmissibility and altering genetic stability. Techniques that, quote, uniquely advance certain capabilities applicable to the creation of viruses for pandemics as a biological weapons and as biological weapons. The guy is literally telling you these are biological weapons. Self-spreading vaccines are literally biological weapons that you could that you could make into creating this or you could make into killing somebody. Like, literally, think about this. If you just created some, like, let's say you make one of these self-spreading vaccines that is, is creating antibodies that nobody in the population needs, well, you're going to hurt a lot of people. Now, couldn't we ask whether that's happening right now and whether it was an accident or whether it was indeed planned? That's a fact. And he's telling you, biological weapons, because that's exactly what this is. How do we not see the dual purpose to this? Given the extremely high risk and international nature of this work that's currently being done, guys, in the world, actively, in trials, but why wouldn't that be able to get out? And because the consequences are potentially irreversible, but who cares, right? Because it could change everything. Stakeholders must engage in dialogue on how this research is regulated. And these experts agree that there's still a long way to go. Great. I love how they say that, except that's not what's happening. Currently in the real world, it's actually being pushed aggressively right now. Now here, as this document, Center for Health Security report highlights 15 emerging technologies with potential to reduce global catastrophic biological risks. Now, this is 2018, guys. 18, 2018. So they're really pretending that it, 2000, it just it just went away. What's interesting, by the way, and I do believe this is Brave Browser. I don't know why exactly, but it seems to be some kind of direct thing that's happening to me. Which I'll show you right now. Here is the report that I'm going to show you. I'll reload it, refresh it. It just is blank. Now, this happened while I was live the other day. Now, what happens if I dance over to a, I don't know, private browser? And you, under, you know that doesn't make sense. If it just all of a sudden, if it just works when I go to the private browser. Oh, shoot, I should have. Here we go. Which it does immediately. What does that mean? Here it is. Refresh instantly. Boom, there it is. Okay, so I don't know how to see that any other way. That is without the private browser, meaning while I'm while it's clear to Brave and whatever else that I am me and I am here, it doesn't work. Except the moment that I dance over to one where that stops showing who I am and where I am, suddenly it works. Now I'm not saying I know that I'm not saying Brave Browser's doing this, but I mean come on, isn't that interesting? Something's going on here. And it could be larger than just one browser. It could be something that's being done on a large scale. But just recognize how much this has been happening and increasing just over the last couple of months to specifically me and my show. Like you guys watch this every day. There's just continually increasing weird little things from each platform to larger streaming. And I don't know. I just found it to be very interesting. I don't know if I have to find a new browser or what I'm going to do, but I'm going to adjust as always. Nonetheless, now you can see it on the, on the, on the private browser. I want to show you what it says. Now, this is 2018, Global catast uh, Catastrophic Biological Risks and Technologies to Address. It is a little slow here. Let me just scroll down. I believe, oh, here, I'll just do this. Okay, so it talks about it right here first. Self-spreading vaccines are genetically engineered to move through populations like communicable diseases, but rather than causing disease, they confer protection. Now, this is addressing, it says human in here somewhere. I remember reading it last time, but let's go right to the, oh, right there. To produce antigens in a human host. Human host. 
Just in case you weren't clear on it, here's exactly what they're writing in 2018. Self-spreading vaccines, human to human, undeniable. Also known as a transmissible self-propagating vaccine, they're genetically engineered to move through human populations. Here, just to make it even more clear, I don't think there's a word that can be highlighted. Let me go. Oh, I think it's above it, actually. Just to show you the kind of little bubble graph they have, which very clearly lists human to human. Oh, shoot, we're way down at the bottom. Hold on one sec. There it is. Right there. Self-spreading human vaccine. Very clear. Now, self-amplifying is the SAM. That's that's one we've already talked about, and I'm pretty sure that's, in fact, what the Pfizer injection is. It's even listed as that on multiple documents Pfizer put out, but, you know, we'll pretend that's not the case. Calls fake news because that's not what Pfizer says. Fact check. What does Pfizer say? Then you're wrong, right? So Pfizer says it, so it's true, right? Just like with Ukraine. It's just blindly take their side. The point is they're listing it as self-spreading. So how can it be such a fake news story if it's literally being discussed openly in 2018? Find that to be pretty interesting. Now let's go back over. Now I'm going to have to jump back to the the uh, incognito browser in a second once we get to another part. So you have to bear with me as I change the windows here. But going back to this one. It still tries to load. Here is my past discussions here are on this topic. Self-spreading vaccines. And I discussed self-amplifying mRNA vaccines. That's the SAM. And it's really important because the self-amplifying version was, in fact, the first thing they discovered. Now, it's on the record. So why then did it become, like right now, they're framing self-amplifying as one of the next steps. How does that make sense if it was the first thing they discovered? Something weird is happening here. And self-spreading has been conspiracy theory right up until it's being pushed on you. Now, another discussion was about Omicron, right? Omicron, the self-spreading vaccine. Now, I'll talk about this with the Ben Swan point I'll make in the, in the coming show, where he, he, he ends up finding some information that points out that people in these Ukrainian bio labs <clears throat> were working with some pretty interesting things on the record. And guess what they had? A diplomatic immunity. And who else had diplomatic immunity? Well, the diplomats that we never found out who they were, who apparently crossed into Botswana. And that's when Omicron started. And I don't know why any, nobody seems to care about who these people were, or where they came from. Diplomatic immunity, if you don't know, means that you can cross borders without having any kind of customs check, which means you can bring over anything you want. And they even called it a self, they literally, Gates called it a vaccine himself. Now you can argue that he didn't mean it was a vaccine, that he's just implying that it does the same thing. However you want to take it, that's the point. That's what it is. Uh, that's the, that literally could have been what happened. And I don't know why we don't ask that question. Here's the video for you want to check out for them discussing the future of your self-spreading vaccines that are fake news in the Western press. Now, on another point of this in regard to other misinformation, it's incredible that we can point this out the entire time. They will censor and attack you if you dare question it, and then they just quietly change it to a, like a gigantic degree down and don't say anything about it. Here's what it said first on the Wayback Machine. One third of all U.S. child COVID deaths occurred during Omicron. And of course, these are, I mean, first of all, recognize that means that there was literally nothing happening to them before this, even though they were bleeding about how they were super in danger. We had to protect the children. They were lying to you. Obviously, that's what happens when you lie about everything. You eventually have to expose your previous lies, right? But then you find out that's not even true. 
And then you find out that we're talking about people, kids that died in a hospital with a COVID test and there wasn't even remotely even, COVID wasn't even related. There was a car accident or whatever else. They've been caught for this already. And I'll, I'll show you the Newsweek article that we showed you before all of this that said the same thing, yet this is now coming back up again. Here's what it said, though. Since the beginning of the year, 550 children have died from COVID-19 in the U.S. compared to 1,017 children in the preceding 22 months. That's not even remotely true, according to data from the CDC, of course. So first of all, those in general are not true. I don't mean that the numbers they roll back to are true either. They're manipulating all of this. But get this, guys. They quietly changed this and was caught by plenty of other people. Here's what it says now. And, and by the way, do you see any update? Do you see anywhere? Well, oh, it does. I didn't see that last time. I, don't, I actually don't think that was there a moment ago, but I could have missed it. I, they, I, in my opinion, they rarely add something that says, oh, we changed the article. Well, so actually, what it says, the article was amended. An earlier version headline one third was based on data from the CDC code tracker citing a coding error. The agency corrected the figures. Right. Oops, our bad. It was actually like a fraction of the number. Good God. So CDC pretends they had a coding error. Our mistake. So even if it was a mistake, doesn't that mean that you should be able to question what they say? Yes. Not during COVID, though. You can't question the WHO or the CDC. Why not? They just got something wrong. In fact, I'm pretty sure they lied to you and are hiding behind a malfeat. Right? That's my point. As always, they would always rather be seen as incompetent than criminal because you were being lied to, not, not accidental mistakes. But here's the point. Here's what it says now. 179 children compared to 735. So it went from 550 to 179. That's quite a little mistake, isn't it? 735 and 179 is also fake news, guys. As this doctor points out, they failed miserably in data collection and is finally beginning to correct a few errors. Yeah, love that you just take their next narrative too, right? So we blindly believe them until now, and then they give you an excuse and you blindly believe that too. That's intelligence right there. Now, obviously, I'm being facetious. It's literally the opposite. It is blind ignorance. Why would you take the next thing they say if they already got caught lying? I mean, that's just stupid. How can we not? I mean, this is the same. Oh, here we go. That's blinking on me again. Hopefully that's not going to happen again. Studies suggest child hospitalization numbers from COVID are inflated. This was May 2021. And it wasn't they suggest. It was caught. And this has been shown by many other articles after this. It says two new studies from hospital pediatrics have concluded that they found, not possibly, but that COVID hospitalizations among children have been inflated by at least 40%. Then they later admit that we're liberal with the testing and that we do this. And if you have a test in 21 days and whatever else, guys, they are blowing this out of proportion, admitting that, almost, that more than half of these in most cases are not are kids that went with a broken leg, got a test, left perfectly fine, and went down as a COVID hospitalization. We watch them take this down by like a fourth and we pretend like that's, oh, whoops, our bad. We are watching deceptions fall apart in front of us. These people are gross deceptive. These are liars. And it's just quietly altering it behind the scenes as they point at something else now. And while they continually get caught lying to you, they're coming after you because you are lying to people. The Surgeon General, who's towed the line from day one, calls on big tech to turn over COVID misinformation data. So what that really means is we're now exposing how we've always been letting big tech just dump over any of your personal information if the government simply asks for it. And what do they call misinformation? 
all the factual things we've proven to you over the years that they've later come to along to prove. Oh, so masks don't work now and the injections and myocarditis and, you know, blood clots. All that was fake news until it wasn't. All of it. Vaccine passports, digital IDs, QR codes, all of it was fake news. I mean, like, outrageous laughing, falling out of my chair. You guys are so stupid, conspiracy theory, fake news. Until it wasn't. Until now it's happening. And now we're still wrong somehow because didn't you explain it why it needs to happen? These people are completely lost. I mean, they're like literally in psychosis land if they can't recognize that that's exactly what you said was going to happen. And you laughed at us and now you're going, well, don't you know it's meant to be? Don't we need vaccine passports? That's not what you said before. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Now, it gets even more crazy when you realize that the DHS has released a report on an internal view of domestic violent extremism, which includes all the things they've already deemed violent extremism or domestic violence or domestic terrorism, which is anti-vaccine conspiracy theory or being a Republican or however you want to frame the nonsensical subjective framing they always use this for. But don't forget that they're already trying to create this threat using the thing they build in Ukraine. That's what this comes from. And the COVID crossover is impossible to miss. We've been talking about that before all this fleshed out. Don't forget that. Don't you remember that Whitney and I had this conversation about this crossover, about how all this would come together? All of it. The vanilla ISIS, the the conservative kind of white supremacy risk and the rising 9-11 threat and the biosecurity issue and how Iran with vanilla ISIS works with them and they might be attacking us with bioweapons and then they're all anti-vaxxers. Therefore, they're also white supremacists. All of it comes together. This is an agenda, and it becomes even more clear when you realize that this had something to do with Ukraine long before this began. But here's what they say. Just a couple important points. What they're going to be doing, they've taken steps that include increasing efforts to better identify and evaluate what we've talked about before, MDM, mis, dis, and malinformation, with a homeland security nexus including false or misleading conspiracy theories spread on social media and other online platforms that endorse violence. Now, you know, and I'm like absurd, like over the top outspoken about how I never endorse violence and I do not believe in it and I do not advocate for it, yet they would, call, they would say the opposite. Just like they would say, well, Putin wants to invade every NATO country because we, we, he made that clear. That's what Western press is saying. Even though he's literally said the diametric opposite. That's not what I want. That's not what I'm doing. Now, he could be lying about that. 50-50, sure, why not? But why is it fact? When he's not doing it, he's not saying it, and all the thing, the only thing driving it is that they say that's secretly what he wants, and I just know because I know. They would say what I'm doing is secretly wink, wink, nudge, nudge, white supremacy, driving violence, we hate whatever else, we're anti-Semitic, and all the things they float with no evidence. And everybody would say, well, of course, then you see him say that thing about vaccines, he must be a white supremacist. That's how it works today. They would claim what I'm doing is literally violence because that's just what they say. Do I, we, facts don't matter. Enhanced collaboration with public and private sector partners, public-private partnerships, including U.S. critical infrastructure owners and operators, to better protect our cyber and physical infrastructure and increase nationwide cybersecurity resilience through the Department of Cybersecurity Infrastructure, CISA. Right. These groups, that, by the way, are completely infiltrated by foreign entities like Israel's government and whatever else. But who cares? Let's build the thing that we're going to destroy so we can claim the future that we want to build. All of it being used or all laid at your feet to blame you for why it's happening. All of it. The whole built narrative around all oh, the white supremacy threat and you know, conservatives and revolution against the government. All that they're, they're building the narrative they're going to lay at you, lay at your feet to justify what they want to build. 
And here's Newsweek even pointing out that the Biden administration is trying to criminalize dissent. Now, somehow I don't take their arguments at face value that they really mean it, but I agree. We must stand up to this. They are right now criminalizing your ability to simply disagree with them. And that's exactly what I said about Ukraine or anything else for that matter, framing it around COVID-19. How is it possible that we can have honest discussion, which we know didn't happen, which is now falling all around the narrative right now, all the truth is coming out left and right, falling apart at the seams. The point was we weren't allowed to have honest dialogue and that's why this stuff wasn't allowed to be pushed out. Even though we were pushing it out, they were not pointing at it. They were hiding from it. Nobody wanted to look at it. Same with with Ukraine right now. If you're simply not allowed to hold a different opinion, this is not real. This is an agenda. There's no actual dialogue. There's no freedom there. There's no choice. There's no democracy. It's just simply you must do this because that's what we say is democracy. Therefore, anything else is not. In fact, none of that even remotely represents anything that's a representative government at all. In fact, it's just, it's authoritarian, in fact. But they say it's democracy, therefore it is. Because that's how this works. And anybody else, in fact, real democracies out of the places aren't because they don't do what we tell them to. Now, here's an interesting point to add to that. I always make this point. That they are regularly doing things that don't aren't necessary, and it's all about agenda and politics. Sort of like the one I often reference, which is just ridiculous is a very, very, an openly virtue-signaling, nonsensical bill, a law, I forget where it was passed, about making lynching illegal. Now, in no, war, no way in the world am I arguing that that's something I, anybody should agree with. My point is, it's already a crime. It's a crime right now to act violently against somebody. It's a crime to kill somebody. It's a crime to threaten somebody in, in certain contexts. Okay, so if somebody lynches somebody, or if somebody just... I don't know, I'm trying to think of another example, you know, ties them to the tree and shoots them in the head or however you want to look at it. It's all the same thing. It's still a crime and it's still a very serious crime. But because they wanted to make a virtue signal and say, well, it's only about black people and it's only about the history of slavery and only about this, we want to make a new law that makes lynching illegal. Well, it's already illegal. There's no reason to do that other than to make a big statement that you want to be pointed at and say, look at what I did. That's ridiculous. That's a waste of tax dollars and a waste of our process. It's already a not illusion anyway. My point is, again, if somebody will try to take out of context, not to say that I agree with it or I think it's not something that should be called out. It's disgusting and gross and, and criminal. But that's why it's already a crime. Pretty obvious. So in this case, same thing. 18 U.S. Code 35. Imparting or conveying false information. Now, what they're trying to do today is make the act of being wrong a crime. I'm implying that if you're simply wrong in certain ways, then you must be lying intentionally. Now, on top of that, even if you do lie intentionally, that's not a crime. They want to make it a crime. Well, it can be if, I'll read it to you right now, if it leads to an actual crime, right? So it says, whoever imparts or conveys or causes to be imparted or conveyed false information, knowing the information to be false. So first of all, that you know it's false, which is really hard to prove. Concerning an attempt or alleged attempt being made or to be made to do any act which would be a crime prohibited by this chapter. Okay, so the bottom line is it's not a crime unless that false statement leads to some kind of crime. Same point on B. Whoever willfully and maliciously or with reckless disregard for the safety of human life imparts or conveys or causes to be imparted or conveyed false information, knowing it to be false, same point, concerning an attempt or alleged attempt to be made or to be made, uh, 
uh, being made or to be made to do any act which would be a crime prohibited by this chapter. So just by standing up and saying, the sky is red, you're not, it's not a crime. But if that led to somebody taking action that, that directly took their, I, I should say a bad example. Like let's say it shouldn't, it has to be something that could actually lead to a crime. Like, I mean, I hate to take the burning theater example, but whatever. The point is nonetheless that it leads to an actual crime that is already listed as a crime. That's when that's a problem. But see, what Biden's administration is trying to do, and plenty of the ones before it, they want to criminalize just the spread of that information. And then on top of that, to take it the, rea- the, the, the full version, they're criminalizing true things that they say are false, right? So you can't come out and say the vaccine's hurting people because they say it's fake news. Therefore, you're actually committing a crime because they claim it's false, even though it's actually happening. My point is to make it obvious that there's already things in the books that make it a crime if you put people's lives in danger. But you see, the problem is that by pointing out that the vaccines are hurting people and they say that puts people's lives in danger, it doesn't work because in a court of law, it doesn't apply. And they know that. So they're trying to change the everything to where if they say what you're saying is false and they simply deem it to be dangerous, therefore you're done. That's where this goes, guys. This is your technocratic future. Now, one last point to tie in the white supremacy angle of this. Interesting article here. Psychological inoculation. Interesting crossover, right? Inoculation being injections. A new technique for fighting online extremism. Now, you can read this for yourself. The point says, we specifically designed this study to test psychological inoculation against common male supremacy and white supremacy messages. Because that's the biggest threat to our democracy, right? Just like Syria was a moment ago and then North Korea before that. And, and it's, just, it's just whatever they want to point at. The point is, we're trying to manipulate your brain to be able to not be tricked into being a white supremacist because that's happening, right? You just wake up one day and go, oh, weird, I was on Reddit one day and now I'm a white supremacist. Oh, no, (laughs) it's just stupid. Despite the fact that they're using Reddit to then argue that, I mean, they're contradicting their entire points right now because of Ukraine. It's really embarrassing. Oh, and I wanted to point this out really quickly. Now, this the, the reason I included this is because this is what it takes to be, it's being informed, guys. Not only reading what you're told is the truth, but truly being informed. Like the reality of the way the world is today in the COVID land and Ukraine land is after watching this video, it would be if you trusted what the cop said and went on the rest of your life as if that was the fact without any due diligence. The reality is this kid is informed. He actually knows what he's talking about and it turns out he's right. And the cop was lying. My bottom, the bottom line is guys, the antidote to all of this is to be informed, to be to show discernment and actually do your due diligence, not just trust what they're telling you the science says, but actually read what the scientific studies say. Because if you're informed and you and you and you take that self-responsibility, this is what happens. And I love this video. And I'll show you one after this as well that I find to be very important to the, the reality of the world. Walk your bikes. If you're, if you're up here and doing tricks and people are like, I don't care, but once you get off of this, you can't ride your bikes down here. If you can pass that word along, that will keep people from complaining to me, and I won't come talk to you. Is there a law change? What's that? Is there a law change? Yeah, you can't ride your bikes on the boardwalk. When is that law change? Uh, it's been a law for quite a while. 16.16.502, specific sectional code that states you can ride your bicycles around out here. So I, I don't know what law you're referring to. Okay, you want to go that way? We can go that way. I you mean, want to pull out your civic code and you want to look up the code, 16.16.502 states that you can ride your bicycle out here. So if you want to come out here, you want to tell people... Exactly where? The Rainbow Harbor Esplanade, which is this entire area that you just parted to. 
Roll all the way at the end down there? So all the way this around here, that's Ramble Harbor Esplanade, 15.15.6. So did you get your law degree on Facebook or where did you actually obtain that? So do I have to have a, a law degree to be an informed citizen? Is that what you're saying? It's wrong exactly. to be informed. It's wrong to know the law. It's wrong, it's wrong to know your rights. you got it. Uh, I got it by knowing my rights. Is it wrong to know your rights as a citizen? Because last time I checked, when officers come and they try to invalidate your rights by telling you bullshit laws and enforcing their opinions, that's not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to support the law. And when the law says you can ride your bikes out here, you have no business coming up and harassing anyone telling that they shouldn't ride their bikes. Oh, this is harassment now. When you tell someone to not ride their bike when they're legally able to ride their bike, yes, that is harassment. Your opinion is irrelevant. The law states you're going to ride our bike. Now, do you have anything else to say or are you going to leave us alone? Exactly. You, you have want, a you, nice day. Yeah, you have a nice day. We're going to continue riding on, man. This is our ride. I've been riding here for six years. You know how many cops come out here and try to pull this shit on me? Dude. Dream big, yeah. dude. Hey, what was your name, officer? Uh, it's on the shirt. Okay. Lieutenant Cobo. I know. It's Lieutenant Cobo. Great. Have a nice day. Yeah, thanks, man. Hey, I appreciate you, you know, not, not giving a shit and walking away. Please stay informed and don't harass the public, all right? Yeah! Yeah! Good for that yeah! yeah so, guys, that's how you handle a police officer, all right? You don't let the cops tell you that you can't do what you know you can do, right? Now, of course, the problem is in, in the society we live in right now, that it's just as likely you might get beat up or possibly killed. You know, for, if anybody that wants to pretend it's not the reality can, is lying to themselves. It's whether white or black at this point. I've seen many. The reality is that this is dangerous, but nonetheless, you're right. And I would argue it's worth the risk. The point is that we should stand up for what we know is right. This cop knew he was lying. At the very least, knew that he wasn't sure about it and enforced it anyway. And this kid schooled the hell out of him. You know how embarrassing that was for that cop? I hope this goes viral everywhere. It looks like almost a million views. I hope this goes everywhere. So this guy looks like an idiot because he is an idiot. Oh, you got your law degree on Facebook? This is your typical cop, guys. And I'm not trying to undermine that there's not good, there's good people out there. I don't believe the system allows them to exist. I've known good ones in my life, and they all tell me that most cops are complete assholes, excuse me, bad people, and that they, they just they, they, they're, they work alone because they know that people are they're dangerous, that if you speak against them, they'll take action against you. Like, I have cops in my family, guys, and I know what they're like, okay? The point is that this guy was, it, was undermining this kid because he knew more than he did. Really? Like, oh, where'd you get your law degree? I love this answer. So I need a law degree to be informed? Are you telling me it's wrong to be informed? They hate this. They can't stand that you know the law because then they can't just run over the top of you. Some of them do anyway, is the point. But if you're informed and you're confident about it and you know you're right, stand your damn ground. It's time to stand up, guys, in every possible way. Now, on top of that, just to show you what else is always going on, here's another video. I'll just play it right here for you of a cop planting drugs, which, by the way, happens all the time, all the time. And they're caught all the time. Uh, I, uh, the, free, the Free Thought Project has a bunch of videos that, and, and images from years back that show you this happening all the time, and nobody seems to care. But this, I mean, this is undeniable. Watch this. Okay, look at his hand, and you're going to watch him drop something 
And then, and there's no way this could have been like, there looks to be clear. If this was a crime scene, you wouldn't pick something up and then throw it back down and then pick it up again. You, everybody knows this. You ever watch crime TV shows? There's no way that makes sense. Now watch what he does. Oh, there it is. Oh, there it is. And then watch. Yeah, right? Run. <laughs> right, because how dare you film me committing a crime that's going to lose my job? I'm going to do something about that. It's just so disgusting that we know. And this is no to suggest that this is every cop everywhere. I personally believe it's not far from the truth, to be quite honest. That's my opinion, though. But maybe I'm jaded because I look at this a lot. The reality is that's happening all the time because people make choices like that because that's all it comes down to. You're a person. You're a human being. And you choose to make take actions that are not okay because whatever. Yeah, it's, it's an old video. I'm not claiming this is new. Right? I'm just I'm simply saying that this is the reality. This happens all the time. This is a video that he shared after the other one. I thought it was relevant. Now, to the point about misinformation, right? This, this came out a lot of the places. I just happened to see it first on this on this site. I'm not sure. I'm not familiar with it. Biden administration paid media $1 billion for COVID shot propaganda. This came out all over the place. And they don't hide behind it, but they don't hide it. They just, they're saying we're doing it for freedom or for informed consent, whatever. We want you to understand this, that it's all safe and effective. No, they paid these media outlets to tell you what they wanted them to tell you. Or in the case of UK and the US for that matter, but the UK was over the top to scare the hell out of you, to lie about things because they wanted you so scared that you would do what you were told. That's on the record now. Imagine that, but we're still going along with it, right? Here is a clip where they're asking these people about what's about what their new information is. Now, I want you to think about where this started. 15 days to flatten the curve and all this different stuff. Safe and effective. 100% effective. You won't go to the hospital. You won't get sick. All the same things they kept screaming at you and censoring us for challenging. Right? This is the current state of their answer around whether these passports are valid and whether we even need to enforce this idea. I mean, it's amazing this is where we are and we still act like everything was the same and it's totally valid and effective. What advice, doctors, are you giving to the federal government about vaccine mandates when it comes to air and rail travel and when it comes to federal workplaces? I think our role is simply to provide the scientific information about the effectiveness of vaccines, for example. And uh, so it is up to um, the employer and treasury board to make those decisions. So I think that's the advice for, from our perspective is, is a technical one. Um, so I know that uh, those policies are under evaluation or review. Um, including, um, for example, the, the federal mandates for the federal workers. And so I think um, you, know, you should certainly follow up um, with, with Treasury Board. And so what is the science telling you? Because I think most Canadians can relate to knowing someone who's been triple vaxxed and they've gotten COVID. 
Um, that's anecdotal, of course. <laughs> that's not a scientific analysis. But tell us, maybe if you, if you can't tell us what your recommendation is, what does the science tell you about vaccine mandates at this point and how useful they are? Yes, I think um, as everyone appreciates, the knowledge about vaccinations evolve over time. And I think with what's been the game changer, I think, is the Omicron variant, which is a vaccine escape variant to a certain extent. The good news, of course, as everybody appreciates, is that the vaccine after two doses is really pretty good at protecting against severe outcomes. And after a uh, third dose or an additional dose, uh, that protection against severe outcome is augmented. What is uh, really being looked at is the impact of the vaccination against transmission and infection and, and, the, and also transmission. What we know is that with the Omicron virus, having two doses, particularly after a short period of time, the protection against infection and potentially further transmission is, is, goes really low. And you would then need the third dose to provide some augmentation of the protection against transmission and infection. And that also diminishes over time. So all of that should be taken into account as the uh, employer or the federal government uh, looks at the policies going forwards. At the same time, you know, I think on things like transportation, et cetera, any layers of protection to provide a tra uh, to protect the traveling public um, and to protect each other, I think is always a good idea, whether they are mandated or not. And so I think that's from a public health perspective, we're recommending what I would call vaccine plus other layers for now, because we're in a period of uncertainty where um, you know, the, the virus is still undergoing evolution. So getting up to date with vaccines plus wearing a mask is still a really good idea. Just, just do that for now, especially if you're at high risk. And so I think within the con construct of say a transport corridor or uh, a workplace, um, those are the sort of things that uh, people need to bear in mind as they make those policies. I said, wow, three years into this, and that's where we are? So it went from safe and effective, 100%, nothing will happen to you, to we don't really know anything and we're still figuring everything out. Now, after they forced in everybody, by blaming Omicron, of course. And don't miss that she called it the Omicron virus. Interesting. Wouldn't this be the SARS-CoV-2 virus, or COVID-19, or the, oh, the, the SARS-CoV-2 virus is what it would be. So why is it suddenly the Omicron virus? Wouldn't that be a variant of SARS-CoV-2? So it's not the, it's, my point is that is seemingly a Freudian slip, isn't it? Is, so couldn't this be the self-spreading concept we talked about? Interesting point. But nonetheless, this is where we are. They were still figuring it out. And, you know, and it, it's only augmented. And after three months, she, she's, she knows she's lying to you right there. All of the data from months ago told you that not only is the same in Delta, just to a little bit better degree, but under 50%. I mean, it was meaningless to what we're really talking about, relative risk reduction, but that Omicron, in general, that after three months, no matter what your booster is, you're getting a booster from the same thing from the very beginning, which only increases your danger. 
it, it, it falls off almost instantly. And in fact, becomes negative efficacy after three months. They know that. It's in their peer-reviewed studies. I mean, think about how incredible that is. And here she is going, just get the third one, and you're good. They know that's a lie. That, But just recognize how it started and where we are now. Vaccine passports, a semen, oh, it's, it's your choice. Oh, is it the choice of the em- employer to force injections on their employees? That's not even possible before this started. You see how that transitioned to where now it's like, no, now it's the employer's choice whether you have to take an experimental injection that you don't need. It's just staggering. But I can't get past how, how much this has shifted. Now here, despite the evidence, is what they're actually telling you. I said, yep, they're actually still pushing it, actually still saying that, not because of, but despite the evidence. Healthcare leaders representing doctors, nurses, and pediatricians agree, don't you love that? Healthcare leaders representing doctors, nurses, and pediatricians agree that COVID vaccines are safe and effective for kids. Everyone five and older should get an injection. That's what they're, li- I mean, despite all the evidence. I mean, like this, like this is criminal. Everything, everywhere. There are entire countries that have said children shouldn't even be coming close to these things. And they're still going, get it, get it. You don't need it. You're not at risk from it. And yet we're going to force it on you. Everybody. Even though you just t- t- dropped by almost f- times four, by a factor of four, the numbers you said children are even being hospitalized. Under 18, the number of deaths is zero from, from week to week to week. But let's give them something that dramatically increases their risk of myocarditis, a heart problem, which there is no small part of that. I mean, this is just gross. Wondering if the COVID vaccine is right for your child? If you can trust it. Want to know what a healthcare professional would say? I mean, can you just, even just by the tone of this, try Selexta, a drug that's right for you. That's what that sounds like, right? I just made up a name because <laughs> this is a public service announcement. This is, this is what you should think because I'm wearing a lab coat. That's, that's, that's what you should take from it. It's wrong, by the way, aggressively and dangerously wrong. I've proven this to you just by the UK data, by everything else we've shown you. And don't miss the point. This never went away. Like the clip in the beginning about 70% for herd immunity, which they just jumped right over and didn't care. Oh, then we keep going. We'll be right back at this, guys. This is March 14th. The new goal. Scientists are proposing a reboot. While you're all distracted by, oh, look at Ukraine. I stand with Ukraine. They're already in the background going, we need to start this all over again. Why? Well, because we, need, we have a new injection now and there's a new variant. And so we got to start all over again. This is actually verbatim what I said would happen back in the beginning, that they would wait and it would swing back around and they would push the new one out, but then we'd have to start the whole cycle over again. And they're going to argue, but this time it's going to work though. The goal, vaccinate 70% of the world. Always, what was the point? Always. And I told you this in the beginning. What would it, why would it make sense to vaccinate 70% of a country when Mexico could be a problem right there? And then all of a sudden, a variant jumps in and all of a sudden we got to start all over again. That was the point, guys. This is illogical. This is why this has never been done like this, because it doesn't make sense. And the reality is they're the ones driving transmission. The, I mean, four times the risk right now in almost every category in the UK of catching COVID are people that are fully injected. Almost four times the risk in every category, age group. But but it's the unvaccinated the problem, right? It's unbelievably transparent, but they're still running right over the top because it's always been an agenda. Now, just a quick side point. Recognize that there's been an endless amount of things that they've said were fake and wrong and dangerous that they've later admitted to. Well, here's life science pointing out 
this is 2021, but just recognize the point about what this is showing you. Cancer-causing chemicals found in 78 different sunscreen products. The point is simply this, that these things were said they were safe and effective. They swore up and down. They have a little badge on the side of it, safe. FDA said safe, we're good to go. Until later, they go, oh, wait a minute, we were totally wrong. The independent lab, right, not the FDA, but the independent lab, made the finding. It's calling, it's calling on the FDA to recall the screens. The FDA said, you're good, it's fine, it's safe. Ask yourself why we can't question whether they could have just been wrong let alone choosing to lie to you. It's just, it's incredible. We know this if we're honest with ourselves. Now, Omicron, which by the way, is clearly not what, I mean, this is the point. Omicron by every stretch of the, every point everywhere in the world, any country where it started to where it is now, is dramatically not that dangerous. Less than the flu, and so too was COVID from the very beginning for most people. But apparently, out of nowhere, all of a sudden, Hong Kong runs out of space for its dead because Omicron... And here we go again. I mean, this is straight out of the beginning. Runs out of space for its dead. Do you not realize this was already shown to be false in almost every case this came out about the overwhelming hospitals and burning them in those furnaces and all this stuff? This didn't happen. How many times do we need to show these hospitals that are empty? That's not to say that there weren't some that had problems, but also don't forget that they closed the rest of it and only overwhelmed like the 15-bed ICU and acted like the whole hospital's overwhelmed. If this was less than the flu for most people and the people that were isolated, driven into these nursing homes that represented a vast majority in the beginning, then this wasn't real, especially when you're combining flu and pneumonia and you're increasing the risk you're using PCR tests. I mean, you could go on forever. But because the Wall Street Journal says, and because they're pointing at Hong Kong, which we can't verify, which is usually how this goes. I mean, you can, I'm saying point is they point over there and say, this is how they say, driven largely by unvaccinated people. That's the opposite of what we're seeing in every other place. In every database, that's the opposite of what we're seeing. The vast majority, look, I just showed you in UK's data point, 95% of everybody over 80 dying in the UK are people that are fully vaccinated, 95%. But yeah, but apparently Hong Kong, it's the literal opposite because that makes sense. Well, here's Fauci telling you that we have to be able to go back. You can't, you can't just stop the pandemic. This is, this is how he is right now. And this person simply adds, rightly so, hasn't it been proven that it did not work? Yes, 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 yes. A thousand times over. It has been shown in every possible way that the mask didn't work, the lockdown. In fact, all of these things increased your risk. The masks, the lockdowns, all of it. Even the isolation of social distancing caused mental issues for most of these children and most of these adolescents. This is a big deal. None of this actually helped anything. And peer-reviewed science have shown you this, but here we are, and he's literally going, we need to go right back to the thing we all know didn't actually help and increased your problem, to be quite honest. We need to be flexible. And if, in fact, we do see a turnaround and a resurgence, we have to be able to pivot and go back to any degree of mitigation that is commensurate with what the situation is. Now understand guys, before COVID-19, this was unprecedented. Never before have we taken action to everybody in the population, sick until proven healthy. Plenty of doctors came out and said, this is inc incredible, crazy. And so now he's simply going, well, we have to go back to that as if that's common sense. On a dime, because they say so, everybody has to do what they're told. That's, that's what he's saying. That's never been the case before this. They're, they give public advice. Here's what you should do. Here's what's dangerous. Here's what you should take if you want to stay healthy. And they let you make your own bodily autonomy choices. We all know that's how this used to work.
Not anymore. Now he's going because you know we have to be able just to go back to these authoritarian actions because that was always the point. This is a ebb and flow, whether it's climate change or COVID-19 or whatever they want to use next. Marburg or bird flu or whatever else keeps bubbling around the sides. That will happen. And you don't even get to question it despite how much they got willfully and openly wrong. Willfully is the important part because that's not wrong. That's a lie. So we can't just say we're done. Now we're going to move on. We've got to be able to be flexible. Be that's not your choice, Fauci. This, you're not, this is the point. This guy is a maniac. Like He literally believes this. I don't care if he even actually thinks he's doing the right thing. You are taking away our personal rights and choices because you think things, even though you've already been shown to be catastrophically wrong, of, I mean, I can't even count how many times. But here he is again literally pushing back into the exact same thing that we all just lived through the people even on their side are now going like i can't believe we just did that and everything we told you would happen did happen and here we are because we're dealing with a dynamic situation hopefully the cases will continue to come down as the weather gets warmer i mean think about with the flu for instance right Every year, the flu comes back up. Now, if they had framed it like COVID-19 and suddenly started calling the flu this dangerous thing, well, they would, it would never, it would just be every year. Well, it start, the cases start to come back up. We got to force all these flu shots on everybody. They've even tried to make that case, by the way. Why is that any different? It's just the narrative around it. Because in fact, verifiably so, the vast majority of people are at far less risk than the flu. That's a fact that has been openly discussed. All they do is go, oh, long COVID or unknown things or whatever else. And they just keep running forward. The people that don't know that call us fake news because they're still just scared by the narrative. It's factual, peer-reviewed research across the board and everything we're talking about. Guys, this has been proven. In fact, it was shown a long time ago by the CDC's own statistics. Children, 0% statistically. Even Oxford Calculator says one in a million chance in regard to people under 19. So if they just spun the narrative around the flu and next year saw cases rising up and they said we have to force this on you for your health... The point is simply that that's before we would have been outraged about. But because they got you all hyped up about what COVID is, even though it's not, people are just going along with it. And don't don't miss the point that it will end up being flu as well. Whether that's when they make the universal one, that this most apply to everything, and they force it on you during flu and whenever else they want to force it on you because they have now laid that groundwork, or because they just decide to make the flu force too, or your polio shot, or whatever else they want to force on you. Because once that door is kicked open, it's, it's pretty much impossible to get shut because they are going to rationalize it left and right using anything they can. Fear-mongering about the war they created over there, saying that's going to cause this and that and it could lean back over here. It's, they, it doesn't matter. Whatever they want it to be. We've already seen them very clearly exposed for the willful liars that they are. This closed TV pointing out, Austria is now reintroducing mandatory mask mandates. Yeah, that's coming back too. In most indoor settings starting next week, even though that has been roundly shown from the very beginning, by the way, because we were right, we peer-reviewed science from everywhere else, CDC and everyone, but the point is now they've even kind of admitted, well, cloth masks don't work, but now we're just going to pretend N95s. No, they don't. Either. They're not statistically significant in the transmission. Same argument. We'll see how long it takes them to admit that one grudgingly. But here we are driving it right back in because you know what the masks are going to do? They're going to increase your risk of infection. Just like the peer-reviewed science I've shown you a thousand times actually finds. They increase your risk of infection. But maybe that's why they're doing it. Now we have the Rockefeller document that's admitting to you that this is 
a plan. How do you go back to normal if we're talking about the new normal? How do you stay at the new normal if they're pointing at the next normal? Realize this is how this is meant to go. Follow along. This is the Rockefeller Foundation, you know, the same group that put out the lockstep document, which is exactly what's happening too. Getting to and sustaining the next normal. A roadmap for living with COVID. All right, so those people that still keep screaming about going back to normal, if I just do what I'm told, you're not paying attention. Paul Schwab himself has repeatedly told you that that's not even in the cards. We are not going back to normal. What the fourth industrial revolution will lead to is a fusion of our physical, our digital, and our biological identities. The difference of this fourth uh, industrial revolution is it doesn't change what you are doing. It changes you if you take a genetic editing. Right. Uh, just as an example, it's you who exactly. are changed. Yeah. And of yeah. course, this has a big impact on yeah. your identity. Yeah. It is important to use the COVID-19 crisis as a timely opportunity. So people assume uh, we are just going back uh, to the good old world, which we had, um, and everything will be normal again in how we are used to normal in the old fashion. This is, uh, let's say, fiction. It will not happen. Um, the the uh, cut which we have now um, is much too strong uh, in order not to leave traces. Exactly. You're not going back to it. The the premier, the uh, one of the leading members in Australia said the same thing. I mean, they, they're all telling you if you're actually listening. Well, let's review this. Just quickly going over it now, you know, I'll show you, uh, I'll include the other document. It's actually right here. That uh, it's this right here, getting to, getting to and sustaining the next, no the next normal. And again, here's the page that just doesn't want to load. Same thing. Now I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to jump over to the incognito, incognito window. I don't, there was only one point I was going to address within it. And I can just read it to you. It's in regard to vaccines, but for just going over the overview right here, it says getting to and sustaining the new next normal, a roadmap for living with COVID is a strategic roadmap for how Americans can get to and sustain the next normal. The nation must plan to mitigate the effects of COVID-19, prepare for variants and possible other novel viruses. The, see, the, nor the next normal is what they keep telling you. What they told you before this all started, right? What we, the clip we played over there that they said, well, in 2019, they said the new normal could be living with viruses that come up all the time. How do they know that? Well, they created it, guys. We need to see this by now. This is the reality. You don't just predict that's exactly what, this is a swing. This is the same thing that's always been happening. They're just pointing at something and hyping fear around something that's not real. It doesn't mean it's not possibly there. It means that it's an illusion about what's really happening. Your next normal is living with COVID, preparing for the new thing that comes tomorrow, and other novel viruses on top of that included. HIV or this or that, and new injections that will include and will force because we have to. That's your next normal. In fact, what they told you was the new normal before this even started. How would they know that? And construct a new normal in which endemic COVID-19 does not necessarily necessitate emergency measures and the massive societal disruptions endure these past two years. Oh, because COVID did that? No, because the emergency actions we didn't need did that. The bottom line is, the reason it will no longer necessitate the emergency is because the emergency is no longer needed if they get you to do what they want. 
Then they just use the threat of the emergency to push you into the next choice. That's what that means. The roadmap recognizes that the demands of COVID-19 on the economy, the, ch the nation's children, parents, and vulnerable pop members, and the challenges posed by a virus that constantly surprises the experts, meaning they were wrong all the time, and unprecedented, or unprecedented anyway, the point is simply showing that COVID did that, right? COVID destroyed the economy. COVID destroyed the children. COVID destroyed the parents. Nope. Their unjust and Ill irrational actions around this is what are what did that. And they're desperate to say COVID did it all, right? The virus destroyed our economy, right? It's just stupid. We all know that. It's it, And just like Trump was saying, just like Trump was saying, which we told, which he plucked out of the ether because we were saying it, this is the solution being worse than the problem. And even during Trump's administration, it was just the same thing. Number one, here's what they're driving forward. Uh, it goes on to say, <clears throat> consequently, <clears throat> it offers comprehensive but practical advice regarding masks, vaccines, testing, schools, public health communication, returning to work. And here's what they recommend. Number one, shift focus from COVID-19 to all respiratory viral infections. Influenza, RSV, you know, with the goal of not surpassing any worse flu season and annual deaths. So the point being is we'll focus on them, make them an issue, just like we did with COVID, with the goal of not letting it be worse. But when they end up being worse, well, of course, we'll have to lock down. We'll have to force injections because it's a problem. Like, we'll broaden out all we're doing to just everything everywhere. Is that exactly, is that not exactly what we told you would happen? This is the new biosecurity state. And then, of course, that includes, you know, bioattacks that they carry out and blame on somebody else. Expect fewer deaths from COVID-19 in 2022. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just interesting. Expect fewer deaths than in the previous years? What does that even mean? So the goal is to expect less? I mean, it, it just that doesn't even mean anything. Create a federally funded public dashboard that shows all metrics for local communities. And guy, they're key, there's, it's just biosurveillance of everything you're doing and what they claim is happening. Medical pre-crime as well. Start new initiatives to develop new, more effective therapeutics and vaccines. Of course, because that's all that matters, right? We're going to focus on the things that we want to build on our new platforms. Direct the EPA and OSHA to develop new standards to improve air quality. Direct states and localities to use ARP funds on ventilation and air filtration at schools and public buildings. Oh, weird. It's almost like they don't want you to wear masks anymore. Or at least that they don't want you to like, focus on the mask part unless they want you to use them. Like, where's the masks? Is that interesting? No, let's just do air quality stuff. They're so desperate to not let you see that that was something that was pushed on you that they, at least to some degree, knew was completely unsound. Create a unified scientific and regulatory response to long COVID. You know, that completely undefined thing that's actually been shown by peer-reviewed science to largely be psychosomatic, but who cares? We'll make an entire response to whatever we call long COVID, which is a whole nother problem. It'll be whatever we want it to be including funding a significant program of research and providing disability benefits to sufferers. So it's going to become whatever they want it to be. That's a massive industry right there. Everything under the sun will be long COVID. And then, of course, when they can frame the 40-year long-term everything else we've caused but blame it on COVID, that makes COVID look so much more dangerous. It's not even about the illness. It's about what happens afterward. Look, it caused AIDS. Look, it caused a heart attack and strokes and all these blood clots. Must be long COVID, right? even though we haven't proven that you had it or if it's even really there. But yeah, it's all about that, even though you've taken 17 injections. But no, it was long COVID. 
invest in a massive upgrade of a public health surveillance and data and analytical infrastructure. Biosecurity. That is your pre-crime, medical pre-crime. Why we want them to be publicly surveilling our health is, is un, un, I have no idea. Fund research to better understand COVID-related health disparities and begin to address them by leveraging infrastructure of faith-based communities and creating a permanent cadre of embedded community public health workers. I don't even understand that. I mean, legitimately, tell me why that might, I'm confused. Fund research to better understand COVID-related health disparities, okay, and begin to address them by leveraging infrastructure of faith-based communities? What does that even connect? Why does faith-based communities and leveraging their infrastructure have anything to do with better understanding COVID-related health disparities? It, because you're a Christian or some other religion, that suddenly means that you have a disparity in regarding health. How does it make sense? Like, I genuinely don't, I can't even, I couldn't even think about why that would apply. It makes me almost nervous. There's something weird happening here that I don't understand. I don't know. Give me your thoughts in the chat. That, I just thought that was really strange. Regardless, Rockefeller Foundation, again, planning out your life and the next steps we're going to take. This unelected, technocratic, tied, clear What's the right word for it? Unelected power structure is what this is, guys. And they are laying out what you're going to do. As much as, oh, they're just think tanks theorizing about the future that literally comes to pass exactly like they say it will. Yeah, theorizing, right. Here's the, I'll include the link for you to check out for yourself. Now, lastly, to finish it off, I want to go over this graphene oxide conversation because I definitely think, not not to the in-depth that I've done, uh, the, well, then I'm in fact, to be clear, wait, I'm waiting on specific things that I want to get from Catherine before I go even deeper on this, but well, this is deeper than some in the past, <clears throat> but to be, to be, uh, starting off with this, this interview with Catherine was very, very revealing for a lot of different things. But one of the things she said was that people that she's very, people that she trusts are coming out with research that's about to come out where they're claiming and telling her that they are finding real world verifiable examples where they can verify where the vial came from, that they can prove it's a Pfizer injection, that it hasn't been adulterated, and it very clearly has what they're claiming is graphene oxide or possibly graphene hydroxide inside. Now that is very different than what I've seen elsewhere. And I've made this claim before that if you, and this is exactly, this is the, one of the big parts for me from the very beginning of this that I was skeptical about. That if we don't know for sure where the vial came from, how can we say anything else after that is valid? It's interesting, and I said that, and I never, and, and very clear with my interview with Whitney in the beginning was that I, what I said very clearly was that I actually think there's some truth to this. I said it many times, to which people ignore it, I guess. I just think that this is, in a way, potentially being used to make it look faulty, so people dismiss it, which, by the way, is literally what happened, even if that's not the case. So my point was, and they even admitted that, the group, the fifth column, and the doctor, and the people that Scott talks in the beginning, I'm not calling them fake or saying that there's suspect. I'm saying that, that that point was concerning to me. And then we went on to point out other things we thought were a little bit, you know, inconsistent. The bottom line was they themselves said that we couldn't prove where this file came from. So that was important. Now, I then after that covered the, um, I'm blanking on the name all of a sudden, Reiner Fulmick and his group. How they then they went over their own studies and they they were very clear. They're like, look, we don't know for sure what this is. There are some people that say graphene oxide. It could be that. So I found that to be a lot more valid that they were they weren't just saying it is this for sure without really much to prove that. In their case, they said simply that it looks like it, and that was another point for me where I'm like, okay, this this is interesting. And now we're at a point where, and I, by the way, I'm going to go over all the stuff that I showed you right out day one. My point in saying all this, by the way, is there's a lot of people out there that try to make it out to be, make out objectivity to be bias, which is just so contradictory, contradictory and counterintuitive. 
It's like where we are today, right? I said the other day, objectivity is framed as partisanship and vice versa today, right? People that are blindly partisan are the ones pretending to be objective. And when I'm objective, they call me partisan. It's so stupid. Same thing here. Now watch this interview because we go into way more than just the, the ingredients. But let's go into some interesting points that I found that I think are very, very revealing. And we'll walk through why I think this is a valid concern and then where I think the future of this goes, regardless of whether you think this is real. Now, here's something I found that just was crazy to me. And just, just actually to start out, I'm going to come back to it. Recognize, just so you know, in case you're skeptical of this, which you should be, you have a right to be. This is from 2020, where they're openly saying that graphene oxide specifically is a very p potential vaccine carrier and adjuvant. So for those that are acting like this is just outrageous fake news, I mean, come on. If they're the ones pointing at this as a potential for exactly what people say it could be used for now, why would we dismiss it out of hand? Well, because the CDC and Pfizer said, nope, not true. Okay, so the groups that have been caught lying like a th 11 million times, they're the ones that we're trusting because they said so? Yeah, great fact check, you opinion checkers. Nonetheless, the point is that it's a valid concern. Okay, so this is something I saw that kind of made me want to talk about this again. Researchers show that graphene quantum dots, which I didn't know what, 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 what that was until I looked into it, can block SARS-CoV-2 variant from entering the cells. Okay, so this is at a time, by the way, when graphene oxide is a fake news story that's dumb and stupid and you're a conspiracy theorist for even pointing at it. Yet at the same moment, they're going, but this other graphene thing <laughs> that we want to put in your body could stop the variants from causing problems. Like, isn't that just absurd? So anyway, my point was, and this is just, you know, it's March 6, 2022. It's very recent. How can you make one a real thing that we should use, but if we point at graphene in the other version, it's like fake news, you're so crazy. A recent study has reported the use of human host defense peptide conjuncted graphene quantum dots for the prevention of the virus entry into human cells. Now, you could look at this a lot of different ways. Is it possible that this was something that was, because let's say hypothetically was or is in the injection, and that's why it was, because the effort was to stop this from happening? You know, there are things that you should theorize about. My opinion would be no, only because I don't think that that's something they cared to stop. In fact, I think that's something that was meant to happen, but not exactly the way that it did. The leaky vaccine thing I've talked about before, it seems to, right now, what's happening is it seems to be predominantly hurting the people that took it. Whereas if it hadn't caused blood clots and heart attacks and everything else, the leaky vaccine idea is that it would hurt people that didn't take it. Causes it to be spread like crazy from the people taking it, but it doesn't hurt them. At least that's what the argument about the leaky vaccine was. But it increases the risk for those that aren't taking it. So you could argue they would love for that to be the case. It would drive you to take it, wouldn't it? But when you add all the blood clots and all the problems and everything else, well, it's way obviously problematic for them. But I'm just simply saying these people aren't always as intelligent and competent as we pretend they are. There's a lot of malfeasance that goes on and a lot of lying about it too. But here are quantum dot graphene dots for exactly what we're talking about as fake news in other contexts. Researchers have strategized an innovative solution for blocking the interaction between the spike protein and the H2 receptor to prevent infections from mutating variants. Isn't that interesting? I mean, what a crossover, right? exactly what they're trying to stop right now, or they say they are. The new research is premised on the fact that approximately 42% of the infected population are asymptomatic. What? 
You know how many times that's been proven to be literally the most false thing in this entire narrative? Over 10 million people in the largest study showed that I think it was only 300 of them were asymptomatic and none of them were transmissible because they didn't have symptoms, which is exactly what Fauci said. My point here, guys. Oh, hold on. I was going to say something else. The uh, Oh, so the point is, ask yourselves this in regard to the graphene. So it's fake news in the vaccine conversation. Yet they're going, well, look, we can use it for this thing here. What does both amount to? In some way, apparently desperately trying to get graphene into your body. You could look at it that way. And that would align with the, what the people are concerned about this are saying. I, mean, I don't know why you wouldn't be concerned about it. So it's interesting, right? This would seem to validate the argument that they're trying to surreptitiously get this inside your body. To, you know, people, to people that don't want to hear this, this is so crazy fake news. As we look at studies and information, I'm, just, I'm never afraid of that. I will never be cowed into not talking about something by people that are going to call you crazy because they're stupid. Objectivity is always what we should strive for, even in outrageous topics. Now, it says researchers of this study aim to block the Delta variant. Why would we do that? I thought Delta was totally okay and we were doing great, but Omicron changed everything. <laughs> That's such a stupid lie. Delta was, uh, Delta was when Walensky first admitted that it didn't stop transmission. They just happened, jumped on Omicron to make it seem like everything worked right up until that. It's such a lie. This never worked. That's the point. It's obviously been hurting people from the beginning. Based on peer-reviewed science, they're just running from it right now. But it says, and the subsequent infection from the SARS-CoV-2 virus through the use of an innovative design of HNP1 and LL37 peptide-conjuncted graphene quantum dots, or GQDs. The development of graphene quantum dots is a novel innovation that comprises a graphene lattice as well as a graphene sheets, as graphene sheets that ex exhibit size-dependent luminescence properties due to quantum confined confinement and edge effects. I mean, there's a lot of crossover there, right? Here's another article from the same outlet pointing out what they are. Quantum dots are also sometimes referred to as artificial atoms. Interesting with the illuminescence right there, which is very strange. Many types of quantum dot are fluorescent. They emit light of specific frequencies if electricity or light is applied to them. Well, doesn't that seem to be a way to check if someone's got something that you want them to have? Well, there's a lot of discussions that I'm not going to get into around luminescence and other people that have brought up, but there's a valid point to be made about this. There's a lot about this that's concerning. Now, here's an article from February 22nd, 2022, addressing graphene quantum dots <clears throat> and saying exactly what I'm talking about. So this isn't some fringe article. Here is AS ACS publication saying blocking SARS-CoV-2 Delta variant. This is what they were pointing at. Spike protein receptor binding domain, uh, binding with the ACE2 receptor. Bottom line is what we just read. Graphene quantum dots used to stop this from hurting you. But it's totally fake news in the injection, right? It's very, very weird. And revealing, telling. How can one be complete crazy tinfoil hat fake news while the other one is being told is what you need right now? Doesn't make sense. Now here is one of these other ones that I'm going to grab for you real quick. Let me remove this. Uh, for those that didn't see the earlier part of the show, it's because it's not showing up on Brave Browser. I'm not really sure why. But here is the other one. Oh, I wasn't going to go back to it earlier. This was the point from that article that discusses how vaccines have been remarkably effective. They're <laughs> just blatantly lying to you about what's going on. And, and they get into all sorts of weird things, increasing vaccine uptake and strengthening it. It's, it. We've never left what they're trying to push on you. It's very clearly still happening. But here was, oh, this is the one I was, this is this one that's right here. 
the new era of vaccines, the nano vaccinology. Right, this was this this is 2019. This was always the push. They just got quiet about it right before they knew they were going to use COVID to drive in this point. But make it make make it uh, basically rationalize it, problem reaction solution style that they need it because COVID. Even though they were saying you need it before COVID, but they got quiet, waited for that, and then COVID came out. And they said, "Oh, we got a new thing we can use for that. We just made up." Right? That's how that usually goes. I just want to show you that. I'll include the link as always. Going back to the point, here is the next article I just showed you from August 2020. This is important. This is like this is like the other big article that says 20 random controlled trials that all find ivermectin is wildly effective against COVID-19 and has antiviral properties, and they all just go fake news. You go because that's not what I'm supposed to think, right? I mean, it's just it's, it's willfully ignorant. This is valid. Recent progress of graphene oxide as a potential vaccine carrier and adjuvant from August 2020. And it says very clearly, there is an urgent need to develop all new, new all-purpose adjuvants because some adjuvants approved for human use have limited functionality. So why wouldn't they do this? If this is what the peer-reviewed science is saying. How can it be wild fake news conspiracy theory if this is what's being stated? It just doesn't make sense. In fact, it makes you very suspicious, doesn't it? Graphene oxide, widely employed for the delivery of biomolecules, excels in loading and delivering antigen and shows the potentiality of achieving the immune, activating the immune system. Now read this for yourself, guys. There's more in this. It's very telling. But here's another one from September 2021. Antiviral performance of graphene-based materials with emphasis on COVID-19. This is literally framed as the injections are being given around COVID-19, and yet it's dismissible fake news from every single point of the Western press. This should make you, this, if you don't, aren't suspicious after this, then you're choosing to ignore it. I'm not saying this proves that it's happening, but why would this not be a concern? It says the possible interactions between surfaces of such nanostructured materials these are magnetic nanoparticles. That's what graphene, specifically graphene oxide is in this case, with coronaviruses are discussed. The antiviral mechanisms of graphene materials can be related to events such as the inactivation of virus and or the host cell reps receptor. These effects can be enhanced by functionalization and or decoration of carbons with species that enhance graphene virus interactions. I think that was all I had in this one. As well, please read all of these because there's a lot of stuff in these that are important. Okay, here is 2020, June 26th, about the quantum dots. All of this is around the context of COVID well before. So if this was happening in 2020, why are they only just now talking about quantum dots? This is June 26, 2020. National Library of Medicine saying quantum dots is a promising agent for COVID-19. Well, isn't that strange? Well, I could probably promise you it's because one, they didn't want you to think about graphene while people were screaming about graphene in the vaccines. Two, because they don't want you to have something else. Because that's that, that way we can't rationalize our forced pill from Pfizer or the injection you don't need. That's why they didn't talk about ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine or anything else that had very clear possible helpful points. That's my opinion. Even though they're still emergency authorizing everything going forward, back then it was much more focused on if they didn't have these things, or they had them rather, then you couldn't emergency authorize it. So that is the case. But ask yourself why they're still emergency authorizing every new vaccine they're making right now while we're not even talking about COVID barely. Because that's never going away. 
But here's what it says from 2020. The development of antiviral nanomaterials by surface engineering with enhanced specificity might prove valuable to combat this novel virus. Quantum dots are multifaceted agents with the ability to fight against inhibit the activity of COVID-19 virus. Fake news though, right? Okay, well, here's, here's graphene quantum dot. I just wanted to show you the crossover that this very clearly is, which shouldn't be hard to see, also including graphene oxide specifically. So one of the things it can include. These techniques in regard to quantum dot, quantum graphene quantum dots mainly include electron beam lithography, chemical synthesis, electromagnetic prep uh, preparation, graphene oxide reduction, or GEO. So that's important to understand. So graphene quantum dots include uh, graphene oxide. So basically they're admitting that graphene oxide is something they want to use and put in your body to fight COVID. But yet it's wild fake news if you bring it up around the injection. That's despite the fact that it's already been pointed at in some way, there's something's in there by <clears throat> plenty of groups around the world. <clears throat> this is September 1st, 2021. Moderna did recall... I forget how many doses it was, a lot. Uh, it was probably down here. 1.63 million doses after Japan found what Reuters framed as stainless steel, except BBC discussed it as black particles. Isn't that interesting? How do you make sense of that? If they're finding black particles, and a pharmacist said black particles in a vial uh, they, they found them. A pharmacist found black particles while checking for foreign substances before the vaccine's use. I mean, that's incredible. It wouldn't be black particles if it was stainless steel, would it? Stainless steel and liquid always has a reflective property, guys. I mean, that's the point. That is interesting. But you're not allowed to talk about it. Here is October 2016. Toxicity of graphene family nanoparticles, a general review of the origin and mechanisms. Now, this is just to point out the fact that these, the general family of graphene family nanoparticles are dangerous. Yet they're using them now and pushing even the quantum dots and potentially using it in the injection. We should ask that question. In addition, several typical mechanisms, under, mechanisms underlying GFN toxicity have been revealed. Not may, possibly have been. For instance, physical destruction. Oxidative stress, DNA damage, inflammatory response, apoptosis, necrosis. Guys, these are dangerous things that they're talking about. And that if it's and many of them line up with what people are dealing with. Certainly could be what's happening. I don't know why we would be afraid to ask these questions today. Now here's the crossover to the other magnetic nanoparticles, because that's what these are. I want us to recognize as we gen as kind of for a moment that we get back into the the graphene point in a minute, cross over into the broader idea, and this is a ferritin magnetic nanoparticle, but the point simply being, guys, whether it's graphene or anything else, this is the direction they have always been telling you they're going long before they could make it work, long before they use COVID to justify it. That's alarming because it is where they're pushing you. And not, in my opinion, it's not even remotely the way we should be going. In fact, it's a dangerous step, as everything I've shown you points out. Whether the mRNA is dangerous, whether the nanoparticles by themselves, not whether, they are. Their own studies have shown you the nanoparticles cause cancer, reproductive problems, in a general sense. 
Now, there are nanobots, like the smart dust we talked about, well, there's plenty of other issues, but just nanoparticles in general. Then we can talk about magnetic nanoparticles and what that can do for your body, which has its own risks, which I'll show you in a minute. None of this matters. Sort of like we don't care about the 5G risk. We don't care about the risk for anything else. We haven't even studied it yet. Well, let's go ahead and run forward with self-amplifying or self-spreading because it could change everything, right? Genetically engineered magnetoprotein remotely controls brain and behavior. This is The Guardian. Of course, from 2016, before we were supposed to stop talking about this stuff. Researchers in the United States have developed a new method for controlling the brain circuits. Using genetic engineering to create a magnetized protein that activates specific groups of nerve cells from a distance. This is not conspiracy theory. It is very clear and very, very, it's provable, verifiable. Understanding how the brain generates behavior is one of the ultimate goals of neuroscience. This is DARPA. And one of the most difficult questions. In recent years, researchers have developed a number of methods that enable them to remotely control specified groups of neurons and to probe the workings of neural, neural, neural circuits. It says down here, magneto, which is what they call it, can remotely control the firing of neurons deep within the brain and also controls complex behaviors. This is, this, this is in an animal. You can read this for yourself. Human mice, the point isn't anything. Neuroscientist Steve Ramirez of Harvard University, don't miss the Harvard connection with, with Epstein, with Charles Lieber, and all of these weird crossovers to the biomanipulation, the focus on nanotechnology, the, the technocratic future, the transhumanism, and all this stuff ties back to the same focus. This is a weird kind of eugenics, transhumanist focus. But it says who uses optogenetics, which is what it's called, to manipulate the memories of the brains of mice. And he calls it badass, which means they can manipulate your memories. Quote, previous attempts using magnets to control neuron activity, also think about the whole magnet discussion, which everyone dismissed out of hand, needed multiple components for the system to work. Injecting magnetic particles, injecting a virus that expresses a heat-sensitive channel, or head-fixing the animal so that a coil could induce changes in magnetism. Of course, it's fake news to suggest that they might have done that to you. But are we really going to... I mean, think about all the videos we saw. Now, yes, it could have all been fake. Magnets and sticking and all of that. But isn't it incredible that they're literally saying that one of the ways to do this is by injecting magnetic particles? Well, graphene is one. I'll show you some other examples. Ferritin is what we're talking about here. I, I actually skipped past that, I think. Uh, hold on, I'll come back to it. Oh, is it this next one? No, hold on. Then the point simply is, if they inject magnetic particles in your body, that's one way to initiate this process. I can't believe we would just go, ah, it's fake news. And people don't want to see that these people are very capable of doing experiments on you just like this and have done it many times before. That's right there. So it says, and this is the important part that I, I'm surprised I skipped it. Several studies have shown that nerve cell proteins, which are activated by heat, which is their point, and mechanical pressure can be genetically engineered so that they become sensitive to radio waves and magnetic fields so they can be manipulated from outside your body. By attaching them to an iron-storing protein called ferritin or to inorganic paramagnetic particles. So they have ferritin, magnetic, ma nano, ma uh, excuse me, magnetic nanoparticle vaccines that they're already working on right now. I believe I did grab some of those, I think. Yeah, right there. 
ferret and vaccines. I mean, think about that, guys. It's right there in regard to SARS-CoV-2. And they're over here in 2016 going, we can use this to control your brain. I mean, if you said this without pointing at the Guardian, they're, they're oh, that's fake news. I don't know why, because the Guardian says it makes it real, but just recognize this is a valid concern. It is happening. They are working on it, and they're simultaneously discussing the same things in regard to vaccination for COVID-19. This is like the most obvious connection. I'm not saying it's proved that it is happening, but the fact that this can even be dismissed shows you how broken our dialogue in this country and the world really is. It's incredible to me. Neuroscience, now he goes on to say, um, this system... Right, okay, this system is a single elegant virus that can be injected anywhere in the brain. Oh, just like the self-spreading vaccine, just like the Omicron self-spreading vaccine. This is the same, these are bioweapons, guys. That's what that is. And their behavioral equipment was cleverly designed to contain magnets, where appropriate, so that the animals could be freely moving around. Yeah, so do you. You could freely move around, right? Remember all the remember all the stuff in regard to the crossover of like the tracking, contact tracing. Contact tracing was something that was used for criminals, for prison populations. The you know devices they were trying to get you to wear were things that were tied to cattle pro- cattle tracking, right? That's what's happening. They're, frame, they're using the same things for you for your safety, of course. Magnogenetics is therefore an important addition to neuroscientist toolbox which will undoubtedly be developed further and provi- provide researchers with new ways of studying brain development and function. Oh, of course. And they did. Except once they did, they got real quiet about it. Going back to one year before that, just to tie this over, targeted drug delivery to the brain using magnetic nanoparticles. That's the point, guys. Targeted drug delivery to the brain using magnetic nanoparticles, whether graphene, whether ferret and magnetic nanoparticles, just simply magnetic nanoparticles. The blood-brain barrier we talked about a lot in the beginning of this, that's what this is all about. And I believe they're testing you right now. Here is another ACS publications from March 5th, 2019, right before this started. Self-assembled magnetic nanoparticle graphene oxide nanotag for optomagnetic detection of DNA. Interesting. How can this be fake news? You see what I'm saying? Like, I'm not saying we can prove that it's necessarily in this, but, and I do believe that is becoming the case, though. People are coming out with lots of information very, you know, right now. But how can this be dismissed when you have these kind of things in front of you? Like, because the point is, they're not dismissing this as, well, it's a valid discussion for vaccines. They just didn't apply it in this case. They're laughing, going, crazy conspiracy theory, alt-right, white supremacist, anti-vaxxer conspiracy theory. That's what they're doing. And don't miss the point, though, that a two-dimensional self-assembled magnetic nanoparticle. These things can be used in some really alarming ways inside your body. Now, here's the other one. This is the crossover. These are all magnetic nanoparticle vaccines. A single immunization with spike-functionalized ferritin vaccines. So this was applied. They've taken the magneto vaccine that can control a brain, or rather the, the premise, and they're applying it to COVID-19 and leaving out the part about how that can be applied. It elicits neutralizing antibody responses against SARS-CoV-2. Great. January 5th, 2021. After a single immunization of mice with either the two spike ferritin particles. 
Here is 2019. Biochemical functionality of magnetic particles as nanosensors. Nanosensors. I think, I, I think I've gone over this in the past in depth. Spions, that's right. We made a big focus on spions in the past. Are super, are super paramagnetic, while carbon-coated magnetic nanoparticles are ferromagnetic. These are being applied in a lot of different studies and currently being tested. And those, these are the studies on these right here, guys. They're being tested. Right now, spions and these different things, magnetic nanoparticles <clears throat> are very real and very active. And these things are nanosensors on top of manipulating, potentially manipulating your body. I just can't get past how obvious this is a valid question. Now, here is even European Parliament. On January 2022, asking a recent investigation, <clears throat> and this is, excuse me, I have something in my throat. <clears> throat. And this is in regard to the one that I've talked about where the, the source of the value, I believe, was is still at this point unknown, simply points out that this is a this is being discussed. It's actually of graphene COVID vaccines and why we're not addressing this. It just goes to show you guys that there's plenty of people, even in political positions, that are going, there's some validity to the, the very least that we should be asking whether this is possible when we know they've worked on these things before during COVID-19, for crying out loud. <clears throat> now, crossing this over to the larger point, which is something Whitney and I have also talked about. This is from December 2020, 2021. U.S. Army creates single vaccine against all COVID and SARS variants. Isn't this what we've been talking about? This is the universal, that this was, this was always the point. The platform, it was all leading in this direction. Here's the crossover. Within weeks, scientists at the Walter Reed Army Institute of Research, which as we pointed out in many points around COVID, expect to announce they have developed a vaccine that is effective against COVID-19 and all its variants, even Omicron, as well as previous SARS, SARS origin viruses that have killed millions of people around the world. Walter Reed's spike ferritin nanoparticle. COVID-19 vaccine, or SPFN, completed animal trials earlier this year. It's already out there. It's already happening. And it is a spike-based injection. That means it can shed. That means it can make you sick. And then on top of that, it's a fair nanoparticle injection that has all the other kutramol that we just talked about. That's what's happening. It's real and it's in the world already. But it's fake news if you talk about it on Twitter. Isn't that incredible? This is alarming stuff, guys. This is being you. Like, why wouldn't we be asking whether that's what they're going to push out next and not tell you about it? They already lied about ingredients and hide things from you. What's in the what are in the? We don't even have the information about the current ones that are being forced on people. Why would we pretend they're going to show you what's happening next? Then, in 2021, during COVID-19, DARPA, who is by the way involved with the injection, involved from the very beginning of Operation Warp Speed, DARPA is funding nanoparticles that permeate brain to read neural signals. Don't forget they've already done this, guys. This is the same. They're just repackaging and selling you on the idea of some new future thing that they built and talked about back in 2016 and way before that too. This is what they're talking about. They're just trying to reframe it and repackage it. Here's what it says. He's, this, this person has developed magnoelectric nanoparticles or MMENPs that can travel through your bloodstream, permeate your brain, and read individual neuron signals in a way that can be picked up by specialized helmet. Or when you read into it, you know, outside your body too, should, should, should they choose to. A brain-computer interface. Using magnetic nanoparticles that have been injected into your bloodstream. How can we not connect this, guys? 
Now, again, I'm not saying I'm, per, I'm saying as a matter of fact that this has already been done. But are we really pretending that we would pretend this just doesn't ha- that would never happen? Even though this government has been caught doing actual experiments just like this, and we're literally living through one of the biggest ones in history. Now, the last point, of course, people disagree with, but just look up Operation Sea Spray if you think they wouldn't test on you without your knowledge. And to little surprise, the U.S. military is also interested. Shocking. DARPA, and probably now ARPA-H, or HARPA, which is what it was called when Ivanka Trump created the idea, and they just don't want you to connect it with Trump, so they call it ARPA-H, which is clumsy and stupid. It says the Pentagon's research division, DARPA, launched the Brainstorms Project to test the technology in hopes that it will allow soldiers injected with the nanoparticles to communicate with the military systems with just their thoughts. This is being done in 2021, for crying out loud. And, be, and they're literally pointing to ferritin magneto, mag, mag, magnetic nanoparticles. They're talking about exactly what we're talking about. Talking about how we can read your thoughts, it can control you from the outside, and inject it into your bloodstream to accomplish that. But it's all fake news if you frame it slightly out of context. Now let's take it even further and realize that this is for a long time been something that, in fact, has already been happening. This is 2019. CRISPR used to build dual-core computers inside human cells. Now, I'm not going to play the clip from the, the nano dust, the smart dust conversation. This goes back to two, the beginning of the year, two, the year 2000s, guys. They've had smart dust that's like the tenth of the size of a grain of salt forever, for the longest time. And this stuff has been used. I know it because there's no reason it wouldn't. That's my opinion. But the bottom line is they're pretending like they got these gigantic microchips that are the cutting edge technology when they literally have smart dust that could have been used from two decades ago. I can only imagine what they're using now. Things like this. The CRISPR gene editing system is usually known for helping scientists treat genetic diseases, but the technology has a whole range of possible uses in synthetic biology, too. Now researchers at ETH Zurich have used CRISPR to build functional biocomputers inside human cells. As powerful as modern computers are, nature bested us long ago. Living organisms could be thought of as computers already. Guys, this is transhumanism. It is coming out as fast as I've ever seen it. And we have to realize they've been always telling you this is where it's going. This is from 2020. Exploring biodigital convergence. Just like Klaus Schwab just told you. And this is what it says. This is just the foreword. You should read this whole document. In the coming years, biodigital technologies could be woven into our lives. Maybe they already have been. In the way that digital technologies are now, biological and digital systems are converging just like Klaus Schwab told you they would in the fourth industrial revolution. And then don't forget, he's telling you that's where you are right now. So this is what they're telling you is going is they frame it as the future, but they're telling you that's now. So it's happening now is when they're telling you this is going to be taking place. The convergence and could change the way we work, live, and even evolve as a species. When we say that it's fake news. More than a technological change, this biodigital convergence may transform the way we understand ourselves and cause us to redefine what we consider human or natural. That is crazy. Biodigital convergence may profoundly impact our economy, our ecosystems, and our society. Right, they're going to say COVID did it. Being prepared to support it while managing its risks with care and sensitivity will will shape the way we navigate social and ethical considerations or ignore them entirely. 
guys, this is this is what they're telling you is coming. It's not your choice. Here's an art is a, stu- art, a study. Nanotoxicity of corona nanoparticles. Well, that's quite interesting. Let's take a look at this. Last one I have up here. Now it says, the present review aims to help the scientific community to better understand, this is June 2020, in vitro and in vivo, COVID-19 compared to Mange disease MD. That's what, Mange disease or, or MD. Now it says the SARS-CoV-2 or corona nanoparticles. Like, that's very interesting to me. Model based on nanosciences gives give an innovative understanding of virus nanotoxicity associated with violent violent inflammatory reactions and acute respiratory distress. Our analysis of COVID nineteen suggests for the first time, as far as we know, that SARS CoV two uses nanosciences laws such as virus uh, agglomer- agglomeration and mitochondria respiration toxicity induced by cluster virus HEM. Moreover, the implication of age, gender, and ethnicity to COVID-19 must be confirmed by future studies compared to MD. The virus could use nanomechanisms to induce hypoxia via the generation of heme virus clusters mitigating microcoagulation implicated in acute respiratory distress and heart failure. Our analysis points to the presence of a possible link between hypoxia and COVID-19 pro-pulmonary complications. Now, just remember, nanoparticles, don't they, they could just mean small size. So it could be something more, or it could just be small. But that's an interesting crossover. Corona nanoparticles, and the idea that this is a point on why, like, doesn't that seem to suggest that nanoparticles are dangerous? Yes. But my point here is that induced hypoxia and all the things that are being caused by their actions, the, the masks you're wearing and everything else, like, I think there's an interesting crossover here to a lot of points. But what I find very telling is that there seems to be this effort in every possible way to make this over-focus on the nanoparticle future and how this is going to be used and how we have to get ahead of that. And I truly believe, oh, this is that document, that this is exactly where this all goes. I've pointed to this many times. In 2019, or excuse me, 2018, this study was published, and it's still out there, that they really made the argument from a high-level point that they, if, if moral bioenhancement ought to be compulsory, then its administration ought to be covert rather than overt. They're saying that if we, if we need to do this because we decide it's right, we should just do it without telling you. So that goes back to the idea of all of these ferritin and graphene possible uses that they built before this and argued this might work for everything and might be the future and might be the best way to deliver vaccines. And that amounts to bio enhancement. That's what it is. Because if it's nanoparticles, especially self-assembling nanoparticles, well, that's bio enhancement. That involves bioethics. Their point is that they've already decided Uh Uh-oh. Okay, we're good. I thought it was going to freeze on me. They've already decided that if that's the case, then we should do it without telling you. I don't know why that's not the hugest point of all of this. Now, to finish this off, something that somebody shared, we've already covered, but I love that they've changed it now, which exposes everything. The National Post, Pulse, came up with an article, Forbes edited, Forbes edits COVID morality pill article following their report on it because they got exposed. Now, we covered this already, but I'll show you what it is. National Pulse covered this. Now, it says Forbes author who floated the idea of a morality pill, which we talked about, 
to make, quote, people more likely to adhere to social norms, such as wearing masks and adhering to social distancing guidelines, back when this is in the midst of all this, and walked back the story, following massive backlash to the piece after it was flagged by national polls. The National Pulse's uh, author drew attention to the article on February 6th, tweet, writing, quote, just want to remind you of what they're working on. The article, which was originally published on August 30th, 2020, and originally titled, Could a Morality Pill Help Stop the COVID-19 Pandemic? Outlines how certain chemicals can potentially boost our our cooperative pro-social behavior in the context of a COVID-19 restriction like lockdown and mask mandate. Quote, as the SARS-CoV-2 virus continues to kill thousands of Americans each week, bioethicist Parker Crutchfield, Crutchfield has suggested a controversial approach to battling the pandemic, namely a morality pill. Specifically, he suggests that widespread administration of a psychoactive drug could provide moral enhancement that would make people more likely to adhere to the social norms they call norms, such as wearing masks and adhering to social distancing, because they've decided it's right. So we need to drug these people to do what we decide is the right thing to do, even though it's been shown to not be the right thing to do. See how that works? This is brave new world. Take your Soma, take your drugs, so you do what you're told. Now, it says, upon Kassam drawing attention to the article, Forbes' author was forced to issue the following clarification. Here's what he said. I have updated the headline, which is now, no, don't use a morality pill. Like, what an, what an idiot. Like, seriously, if I can cuss for one second, what an ass. This guy literally just, got, like, to a exact opposite, just changes the title and acts like, okay, see, I'm not, like, I'm not crazy. Really? He says, I've updated the headline, the updated the headline to more clearly state my position. <laughs> right. So you lied then before, or you're lying now, as opposed to the position being discussed. The article headline was, could a morality pill help stop the COVID pandemic? Now, to be fair, in the article before, which I'll show you in a minute, he does go around and show you the other sides of this. But the point was, he poses the question as, could this be something we should do? That's all we're saying. You don't just get to pose it and say, no, don't use it. That's not what you were asking before. The article has received some recent attention. And it says, and some readers have contacted me requesting clarification of my own views. As I mentioned in the original piece, I regard the idea of morality pill as both unrealistic and undesirable. That's not really what he said, to be quite honest. Instead, I greatly favor discussion, debate, and rational persuasion. Persuasion, persuasion yeah. So, nonetheless, you don't say no, you're saying let's consider this. So even then, you're literally still contradicting yourself. Here's what it said before. Could this be, help, could this help stop the pandemic? Now, that's what you just read in the other article, or we just read in the other article. goes on to say, Crutchfield is not the first ethicist or scientist to explore the concept of morality pills, which is the truth. So it's constantly being discussed, going back to 2012 at the very least. This person in the New York Times, somebody else in The Guardian, that's what that works, guys. They're floating the idea. And he points out that science is still quite dubious. Right, so he does say these things, but this is the concept of the morality pill is pretty controversial amongst ethicists. Finally, this is the main point. Number three, if a morality pill were fully safe and effective, well then, ethics of any mandatory morality pill basically reduces the already existing ethics over mandating people wear masks. You see? So he didn't really say that. He's, it makes it suggest it sounds like that. Or you could just simply be saying that, well, it's the same problem, right, that we need to address. Crutchfield recognizes this issue, noting that those, quote, who need moral enhancement are also the least likely to sign up for it. 
which seems to clearly suggest that, well, that doesn't solve the problem because the dumb idiots over there still don't do what they're told. He therefore explores involuntary methods, such as legally requiring people to take the morality pill or administering the drug secretly via the water supply. Exactly. This is exactly my point. Now, why wouldn't we ask whether that's already happened? Because conspiracy theory, right? Even though they've already floated that that's what we should do. In other words, mandating people take a morality pill doesn't alter the fundamental moral calculus of any proposed policy. It merely makes enforcing good or bad laws easier for the authorities. Those who support wearing masks and social distancing to reduce the spread of COVID-19 will need to stick to old-fashioned methods of discussion, debate, and rational persuasion to obtain the necessary buy-in from the American public. You see, it's very clear. He's the, he's of the opinion that you should be wearing a mask and should be discussing. And so nonetheless, his side is that this is what we should be doing. Maybe not insofar as drugging them so they do it, but you can see the point. So him changing this over here to argue the opposite is just him being hypocritical, right? Being a fair weather any, everything. Now, the point is, guys, this is, the, this is where their minds are. This is what they're floating at the very least. Shouldn't we drug them to do what we want? Well, what if there's more going on in that drug? And what if that's already happened? As Harari's pointed out before, the next phase of surveillance, guys, as we've, point, as we've told you before, will be under the skin. That's what Klaus Schwab told you. That's what Harari told you. That's what they'll all tell you if you actually listen to what they're saying and don't just take what the mainstream Western press tells you they're saying. Some lenders routinely use complex artificial intelligence algorithms to determine who qualifies for loans. Global financial markets are moved by decisions made by machines analyzing huge amounts of data in ways even their programmers don't always understand. This is like the social credit score, guys. It's already happening to you right now in every possible way. Harari says the countries and companies that control the most data will in the future be the ones that control the world. Today in the world, data is worth much more than money. Ten years ago, you had these big corporations paying billions and billions for WhatsApp, for Instagram, and people wondered, are they crazy? Why do they pay billions to get this application that doesn't produce any money? And the reason why? Because it produced data. And data is the key. The world is increasingly kind of cut up into spheres of, 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 of data collection, of data harvesting. Uh, in the Cold War, you had the Iron Curtain. Now you have the Silicon Curtain between the USA and China. And where does the data go? California, or does it go to Shenzhen and to Shanghai and to Beijing? Harari is concerned the pandemic has opened the door for more intrusive kinds of data collection, including biometric data. What is biometric data? It's data about what's happening inside my body. What we have seen so far, it's corporations and governments collecting data about where we go, who we meet, what movies we watch. The next phase is the surveillance going under our skin. Exactly. Exactly. We all knew this is going this direction. I was trying to find this really quickly, which I found something interesting, by the way. Okay, yeah, that's weird. Where that was search result. Anyway, so I don't want to show the, the YouTube video, which just popped up first. Here is Corbett's discussion of this, which you should very much check out. Data is the new oil. As always, Corbett light years ahead of where we are, 2017. Data is the new oil. 
Everyone knew that if they were actually listening to what people like he, Harari. And then, by the way, Harari, I'm not some, I, I'm very concerned about this guy sometimes, but a lot of times it just seems like he's trying to warn you at the same time. So who knows where he's actually coming from? He's sort of a nerd about this stuff. And I don't know, you know, but then unless he's telling you where it seems to be going, and I agree, but check this out. I found this to be pretty hilarious. Here's Forbes writing, data isn't the new oil. <laughs> I should love that. No, no, no. Fake news. Don't listen to what Corbett tells you. Data's not the new oil. Of course, this is obviously the reality, right? This is why they bought these companies when they didn't make any money, because they were selling your data. And this is where we are. U.S. sewer data warns of a new bump in COVID cases after Lowell. They're already at the medical pre-crime. Whitney warned about this light years ahead of before this started happening. They're telling you we're, based on testing things that you can't prove, or we can't prove, we're, you're about to get sick. Therefore, you have to lock down in this area. Oh, you're about to have a big protest? Sorry, you're about to have a COVID outbreak. Lockdown. Here he is speaking one more time. Hacking humans. World Economic Forum nut job, they frame it on this, on this post, is discussing how the future is going to go. It's alarming. Internet of things, internet of body, there's your future, guys. And don't miss how the Ukraine conversation, to tie this back in, just silently announced it's, for, it's the first country out of all of them despite the fact that it's in the middle of a war, right? To set up this social credit application combining universal basic income and their DIA digital identity app and vaccine passport, right? Which, by the way, they already have all sorts of discussions about how this DIA app is going to be tied to the digital cryptocurrencies and your state-backed cryptocurrencies and, and your vaccine status and everything else, your social credit. Like, oh yeah, exactly what we were concerned about, exactly what they called fake news. And Ukraine just happens to be the first one? Of course. And finally as well, here is the New South Wales Premier telling you on the record, guys, that they knew that QR codes didn't actually matter in the moment they were using them, but they used them anyway. Now, why would that be? Now, here is the actual video. You can see that this is exactly, this is the video. I'll include that for yourselves, or so you can check it for yourselves. Listen to what he's saying. Oh, you know what? I don't think I actually downloaded this one. Yeah, we'll just play it right here. To criticize and instill fear in the community based on the approach that we were taking, we would take that off the table. So it was, it was a strategic plan for both of us to, to mirror our settings where possible. Um, and uh, that has proven to be incredibly successful because I think when you've got, particularly the media, on any decision the government makes. You know, we, I mean, it was the, the most ironic one I, I, I thought was, you know, we ended up bringing QR codes back when we weren't even tracking and tracing. Uh, there was no science behind it at all. It had zero utility. Uh, but there were... What? Right. So they forced QR codes to be what you had to use in Australia, despite the fact that there was no scientific basis for it. There was no utility for it. Now, how does that make sense other than the fact that that's the plan for the Great Reset? Because that's what it is, guys. It's completely tied into the Great Reset, the Internet of Things, this whole future they're trying to build. But they forced it into Australia, even though it had nothing to do with what they were doing, because it's all about what they're building and they're using COVID-19 to do it. How do you see this any other way? was a massive campaign and when those massive campaigns get run what it does it depletes confidence and that kind of reporting as we've seen over this period of time has depleted confidence 
No, no, your, your violent criminal actions have depleted confidence. It's not the fact that you got caught, right? It's obvious these people are criminals, man. I mean, this is what's happening. This is being rolled out in real time, even though they don't even need it. And he just admitted that to you. Finally, vaccinated Ukrainian pensioners were going to receive free smartphones, apparently. Why? Well, because they're desperate to get these phones in everyone's hands so they can then force them to use them or they won't be able to access what they need, which is where this all goes. In action, there will be a new design of the certificate on the boosters in Ukraine, guys, right? Because this makes perfect sense, right? All this is rolling out in real time while they're being invaded, so the story goes, right? Yeah, totally makes sense. Finally. So minimum wage workers won't be needed. Well, that's the way they frame it in this, in this post, which I agree with. But to me, the larger point is about how they're building the world under COVID-19 right now. Sort of like when Trump did the massive rollout of 5G during 2021 and nobody talked about it. And we got over a million views in that video that they just deleted and censored our entire account. I mean, it wasn't even about tying it over with COVID, even though there's an obvious interesting crossover, as that peer-reviewed study found, where there's interesting crossover, the symptoms of 5G problems and COVID-19 vaccination. Like they, they tried to censor, but that's a peer-reviewed study. Who cares, though? But the point was that that video I did was just about the fact that Trump quietly rolled the massive 5G rollout during that. And then we did, in fact, see a huge spike in problems. So you can you can ask that question. My point is, this is happening right now in the same way the massive rollout of what they're doing and the reimagining of your world while you're focusing on other things. This is the future of where they're trying to go. And then ask yourself, what can happen if this is your future? Can they not just box you out of everything you might need? Hey, everyone. I stopped at a gas station in Alabama to get some fuel. And y'all talk about minimum wage, how high it's getting and stuff. This gas station is what's going to happen everything here is automated there's not a soul here working and i'm going to show you around to show you what i've seen i've never seen this before but i'm here with my truck just got out with just a regular gas pump you pay at the pump and let me take you inside like i say there's no attendance there's nobody here as you go in There's nothing. There's nobody. There's not a window. There's nothing. See, it says pay at the pump only. No cash accepted. There's your coffee. Ice. I'm making a video of this. I ain't never seen nothing like this. You talk about minimum wage going up? This is what's going to happen. There's nobody here to pay. That's right. Mm -hmm. This is going to be a car. Mm -hmm. I, I actually, I mean, it's a point you could make. I really don't agree with that. I mean, it, you're really going to pretend that it's just about increasing minimum wage. Therefore, they just don't hire anybody. Like you can argue that's a, a, a means to an end, right? That the increasing minimum wage argument is to drive people to not hire anybody so they can lean into this future. But it's much bigger than that. All of these machines are automated. And all you do is come over here and you touch the screen. You pick what you want. Like if I wanted a drink, drink, let's take a sodas, soda, there's all the sodas. You put your money in the machine and the sodas are down here, they drop down. Right. And then whether it's implemented now or it's just added tomorrow, you're going to have to scan your passport to make sure that you're valid, that your social credit score is high enough. And then if you don't, well, you can't get gas. You can't get food. You're not allowed to leave this area.
right? That this is the future they're building. And this isn't even being, this isn't even secret. This is openly being discussed, but being called fake news by people that just don't want to look at it. Now, let me show you the bathroom. There's the ladies. There's the men's. Restrooms, purchase required, code on the bottom of receipt. You have to purchase gas outside to get a code. You punch it in right here. It's for the women's. That's for the men's. And there's not a soul here. So they don't have to pay minimum wage. And all they have over here is, they have a microwave, stuff for your coffee, ice, everything. Gas pumps on this side. Gas pumps on the other side. No one to pay. So that's, that's your future, is what that is. That's where this all goes. They want to build a world where you're no longer needed unless you're needed, right? Like unless they want to use you to throw your body at something and use you as the buffer or the fodder, right? At the end of the day, guys, it's very clear that they simply do not need you if they create a world like this. And without that world, they very clearly do need you right now. So in a way, they're creating the world in which they can make you more expendable than you already are. It's alarming. But all of this is stuff that we told you was going to happen, and now it's happening in front of you. It's just simply whether you choose to acknowledge that it's being built. I hope this people, I hope this reaches new people, because we need to keep this conversation going, and I will continue to focus on it. Thank you for being here, as always. I love you all. Question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant. And I have to say, um, when I mention our names, like this Merkel, um, even uh, Vladimir Putin, and so on, they all have been young global leaders of the World Economic Forum. Mm -hmm. But um, what we are very proud of now is the young generation, like uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, um, President of, of uh, Argentina, and so on, that we penetrate the cabinets. So yesterday I was at a, at a reception for Prime Minister Trudeau and I know that half of this cabinet or even more half of, uh, half of this cabinet are for our actually young global leaders of the world economy form. That's true in Argentina as well. It's true in Argentina and uh, it's true in France now. Mm -hmm. I'm with the president with a young global leader, but... And so who do we have as we walk, uh, Klaus, in, in, uh, in the different meetings? What type of uh, stakeholders do we have, we the constituencies? Stakeholders, we have, uh, if, if I look at our stakeholders, we have business, uh, of course, uh, as a very important audience, and we have politics, we have uh, uh, continuous uh, uh, partnerships with many governments around the world, and of course we have NGOs, uh, we have trade unions, we have all those different parts. Media, of course. Media, of course. And very important um, experts and scientists and academia. Because if we are looking at the future, I think we should look at new solutions. And the new solutions will be very much driven by technological uh, developments. And we even have, uh, you even have religious leaders, right? We have religious leaders. We have social entrepreneurs, very important social entrepreneurs.
which we have is to create a consensus in a very empowered world and that's what we stand for for the process to integrate people and to create such a consensus thank you very much klaus congratulations thank you. Thank you.